Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time of the day it is. It's uh, Do You Expect to Talk? Commentary time. Uh, as we uh, regenerate into another series, we like to do uh, like to go back to Bond with a commentary episode. I am one of the hosts, Chris, and joining me is, as ever is our other hosts, uh, Becca and Dave. Hello. Good evening, folks. And today is my choice, I believe. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I went for uh, <laughs> probably not the greatest, but I, f- I, I figured we need to fit in a, a Roger in there somewhere. So uh, I went for <laughs> I went for Man with the Golden Gun because I think that'll be good for a laugh. Yeah, we haven't done this one for a while. We, you know, this was episode whatever it was about episode nine or something like that, and um, or ten or something like that, and we haven't it was thought quite about early it on, since. Wasn't it? Yeah, so it, it's quite appropriate. I mean, if you look at it, we've got, what, a Pierce Brosnan film left, two Daniel Craigs, one Timothy Dalton, and then we've got something like four Sean Connerys and four Roger Moores. So it is trying to be kind of aware of what we've got left, yeah. We're trying to spread them equally or evenly, as evenly yeah. as we can. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's not just like Roger, 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 Sean, Sean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, do, it does have an effect. We can choose whatever we like, and and no one would criticise. But at the same time, if you've just done a Pierce Brosnan, you don't tend to want to do another one straight away. So you do. It's try good, and you know. Um, variety is the spice of life. Yeah. Well, we Absolutely. have got we've got another two Brosnan, haven't we? Or just one? We just one. Uh, we've only got Tomorrow Never Dies left. Oh, mm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we yes. have commentary commented uh, on that. Yeah. Where, whereas Sean, we've got uh, Doctor No, Thunderball. Uh, diamonds and never say never again and then with this we've got uh, we did have before obviously tonight's we had live and let die this uh octopussy and we said we'd do a view to a kill uh, a view to a kill again so yeah for each of the the two sort of most prolific bonds and we've got living daylights and the first two craigs that's right yeah and absolutely. Then, yeah so oh okay, so there's still still a lot to play for as they say uh, yeah <laughs> yep so, um, should we just crack on with it then? Seeing as uh, let's do it. Yeah, it's just not actually a long Bond film in comparison. Am I, am, am I remembering right? Is it about under two it's hours? A shade, it, no, it's a shade over two hours. Is it? Um, oh, okay, I was thinking maybe because our um, review of it wasn't as long, was it? Our review was like, say. it's not very good. Readers' wives, M's pissed. <laughs> good night. Readers' <laughs> <We just> wives. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. So, no, this is about, this is probably about bang on average for a Bond film. They probably are. They probably, if you average them all out, they probably are about 205, 210, something like that. Mm. Yeah, it's always, always in your, hand, in your mind you think oh, every Bond film is about under two hours, about two hours. But you didn't think, oh, it's just shy over it. Especially these days, all seems to be getting longer and longer, don't they? And then Spectre comes along at three, well, you know, three hours. <laughs> Well, I want it just, to, it just seems I, like that. <laughs> I, I want them to service the material, you know, in that I, I don't want them to do a quantum of solace where they appeared to like cut off their nose to spite their face. You know, no. they went, we'll make it the shortest and that film needed room to breathe. But at the same time, I'd be disappointed if I hear the next film's going to be two and a half hours again. I, I think it, it's time that they stop this bloat in running times because. Yeah, they need to just do it just as really and have like, no more of a time. I mean, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig's got the shortest Bond film, and then he's got three of the four longest. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, okay. I can buy it with Casino. I can buy it with Skyfall. 
but with Spectre, there was no reason. Absolutely no reason. Yeah, yeah, it didn't need to be the longest. I expect them to be over two hours, but they come in with it under two hours. I almost feel a bit short-changed. But Bond films are supposed to be about 125, 130 minutes to me. It didn't help that Spectre was lightweight. I mean, at least... It didn't, it didn't, just it didn't, it didn't need to be the length it, no, yeah. it, the length it was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even if you love Spectre, I don't know why it's the longest Bond film. No. <laughs> it's just so we can have a fun fact saying you've got one of the shortest, you know, with one of the longest in between. So yeah, absolutely. We've got a fun Quant- fact out of it. Yeah, Quantum is the shortest. Um, I, I suspect the second shortest would probably be Doctor No. I think the first two or three were under under two hours, but yeah, most of Roger's era came in at like, you know, five to ten minutes over the two-hour mark. And that's about right, I think, even though some of his actually felt a bit long, but that was more about the quality than anything else. Mr. Roger, you've got to fit in all the lovely ladies, so... <laughs> yeah. It, it, would, it and, uh, would have been 45 minutes. And, and the array of uh, clothes, <laughs> you're wearing... Uh... Different outfits in uh, a certain sense of casual, casuality. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's got to change yeah. it to his safari suits. And, they can't yeah. rush the shot if they want him to look casual about it, do they? <laughs> exactly. Well, there's, well, there's eyebrow-raising moments. You know, you've got to squeeze all those in. It takes 45 minutes for the eyebrow to reach peak arch. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Now it takes about this... five minutes to sort of do a, a uh, line of dialogue. Uh, I, hello, I, my I name is wanna... Bond. James Bond. I don't want to tempt fate, but this is this is our last commentary until the end of the Marvel series, which is going to be a long, long series. Um, at minimum, the first run's going to be 25 episodes, and it may be longer. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, the obvious caveat to that is a lot of the people that have been involved in these series are getting old now, and I don't want to tempt fate, but obviously if anything happens, a bit like last year with Roger Moore, mm-hmm. we will step in and do a commentary. But all all being well... This will be our last commentary un- until 2019 uh, on the Bond series, anyway. Yeah, Aww. unless we like score some. Yeah, you know what? We fancy a bit of a break. Let's have a commentary. Yeah, we we yeah. do reserve the right to stop after say phase two of Marvel, but the chances are we won't. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we go. See how we go. Uh, but in the meantime, let's let's crack on. Uh, so, do, and, and if we do. My choice is next, and I know what it is, and you're in for a treat, folks. It's a better film than this. Well, well I should you know what it is, Dave. If you didn't, I'd be worried. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's choice, I don't know what it is. Let's well, see. we kind of know, but well, I'm not going to well, sort of spoil it. We know, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. uh, All right, Chris. Uh, so, we are on the Blu-ray. We're all on the Blu-ray. So well, I'm, I'm not. I'm on a rip again, because I'm nowhere near a Blu-ray player. Okay, so well, we're what going... I'm going to do is... I'm going to stop. start two or three seconds after you say um, yes, because I know just the mechanism of a Blu-ray just drops that amount of time. Fair so enough. So I may be slightly out of sync, but not I'll much. probably a little bit... Babe, I'll probably be a little bit behind you, as per always. Hopefully my PS won't yeah. die on me this time. That's just reaction times. Um, Becca would be the, hundred, the fastest 100-metre runner in the world if it didn't take her 10 seconds to get out of the blocks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it takes her twenty seconds, but she's actually the fastest human being ever. So, <laughs> so in other words, uh, anyone listening at home, it doesn't really matter what you listen, what you watch, you're going to watch it on because we're all going to be out of sync with each other. So we fuck it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, shall I, shall I press initiate mission now and then? Wait no, two let's just and nah, then... let's just do it. All right. So, on three, we're going to go on on three. All right. So it's yeah. one, two, and three, and we're off. Off to the races.
Okay. I've just started a second or so behind, so I've got Metro Goldwyn Mayor coming up now. Yep, Leo. Yep, yes, Leo, oh. yeah. I'll tell you when he fades off. Fading off now. So yep. hopefully I'm in sync. You are in sync, and then United Artists. Yeah. Mm. I do quite like your... I do quite like the logo for United Artists. Yeah, although during the Brosnan era they had a different United Artists logo anyway. That was lovely. Then, I do like I enjoyed that logo. Then, I liked it too, and by MGM they changed it again. Uh, they went to MGM, so United Artists have nothing to do with this now, even as a name. Aww. So, second and last time we see Roger Moore in that pose, the reason being they went to the wider, they went to um, CinemaScope after this. And also the wider flares. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they need to make room. <laughs> wider screen and wider trousers. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I watched all these Bond films and I never found any of the villains particularly scary, and I thought, do you know what would be really scary if one of the villains had a third tip? And <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold, there was Francisco Scaramanga. Just like, how competent is Nick Knack as a butler? I mean, fucking hell, he's really struggling there, isn't he? Well, he's like carrying that tray to his so face. Got... It's like, oh. Well, he is only like four foot two or something. He's, <gasps> he's got another nipple. Oh my god, but it's not so hairy. Well, you're That's... down there, love. Got the oil down there. Why By today's standards, you would just like have that taken off, wouldn't you? Probably, you would, yeah. you would. So apparently, I have it on good faith that she did actually appear in A View to a Kill. I think so too. Mark O'Connell disagrees. I believe. I believe that he believes he's right. If you like, who did and I hear I... it from? Somebody at the Pinewood Weekend. Just, just to recap, myself and Becca both felt we knew where she was in that scene. Yeah. pointed her out then when mark o'connell came on for the commentary he said no but he was going now i know this sounds odd but he was going off maud adams's word but maud adams may not know she was just there for the day and we just assume i, I would take a big bond fan's word over maud herself i can't yes know. somebody yes i can't somebody should remain nameless and um, they did actually tell me because she just they just happened cheap well, she just happened to be in San Francisco when they were filming that scene. And obviously she knew Roger. Um and so, you know, she kinda of worked it out with the director. Um you know, and and just kind of fate fate happened really. They just happened to give her like a walk on part just because well, we, she happened to be you know, know be there she on the was day. There. She doesn't think she was in the final shot. I think she was. I would trust that she would be truthful, sure. but at the same time, um, if you're walking through a shot and then fly off home, do you even pay any attention? If it's an uncredited, unpaid gig, she may not even know. No, I do. I think it probably was uncredited, wasn't it? But oh, say it's, it's an interesting, interesting fun fact there. Yeah. Um, and even though superfan Michael Connell may say no, I say maybe. It's kind of odd that he's basically drinking a glass of Guinness while having champagne. I know he's just had a a bottle of Tabasco delivered. <laughs> it's just, yeah. He likes uh, to mix uh, his drinks. Uh, Andy appears to be. It's his own take for a wanged off, not finger, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Andy's getting ready to film a Le Cobb Sporty fad. Oh, he's got oysters there as well. Oh, aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Has anyone ever had an oyster? Yeah, I have. I don't. I get, have. I don't get what the appeal is. I quite liked them. I even though obviously being a vegetarian, I like seafood. I'm not a fan of oysters, unfortunately. Yeah, but I imagine they freak you out. Yeah, just because of the nature of them. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine you going for that somehow. No, I think Where, I, I tried one once and my, I was like, ooh. No, my, my genuine attitude is like, uh, food-wise, I'll try anything. 
Sure. Like, if it's commonly eaten, of course. If it's something that I know, like, a, a critical mass of people will, would try. Like insects. I'm yeah, I'm happy to. And uh, I quite liked it. Yeah, I probably won't have them. I sat on the beach I, I, in northern France eating them about two or three years ago. Things oh, look at you. I quite like mussels, because you have all the garlic butter and things like that. I do like enjoy oh, that. Yeah, mus mussels are nice. The actual oysters, just because you like swallow them whole, I just don't see the point. You don't get any, like... See, now, when I tasted them, I was told, look, take that as a myth. You bet, trust me, bite into them. Ah. Okay. So I did. I, I liked them. They're not for everyone, though. They really aren't. They're very salty. Yeah. And they are a bit... Slimy's the wrong word, because that imagines them, like, covered in KY jelly or something. <laughs> they're, they're not They're they not melt slimy, in your mouth. They are a little bit, like, slippery, though, put it that way. Yeah, slippery but, is how I would describe they're, they're it. Not, they're not for everyone. They really aren't. But I, I quite like them. Um, the other thing that a lot of people like that I, I wasn't sure about was uh, caviar. Now, admittedly, I wasn't eating beluga or something. I was eating, like, John West or something. Ooh, you know, one of the ones you get from, like, a supermarket. Yeah. And it was a really weird experience because I was eating it. And with every mouthful, I was going, this is fucking foul. But I oh. couldn't stop. Is it quite fishy? Um, re again, really, really salty. And, and it's one of those things that I didn't enjoy, but I couldn't stop eating. I can imagine the one was It, it was probably the salt part of it, really. Quite possibly, It makes yeah. you want to kind of eat, eat or drink more, doesn't it, I think? Possibly. It's like when you have nuts or something at a bar, and it's just like... You now, probably should eat these because you know where they've been, but... Every time I see this guy, all I can think is, I got a brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's the same guy, isn't it? It's I don't know guy. if it's... Is it the same guy? It's the same guy. Oh, is it? It definitely yeah. looks like, yeah, it. Looks Mark, like it's funny. Mark, what's his face? It is the same guy from, from Bindman's. He goes, I got a brother. Yeah. I got a brother. Oh, 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 the proper stereotypical mobster kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's named for playing gangsters. It's like you don't see those type of people anymore. Not that you would, but in in terms of dress, but in in terms of like that look on the face and that attitude and that kind of ah, see. What I would be interested to know in in terms of we can't know now is there was a bit of revisionism on Chris Christopher Lee over the last like ten years, twelve, fifteen years of his life, in the. When I was growing up, yes, he was Dracula, and yes, he was Scaramanga, but he, he was best known for doing an awful lot of B-movie Drek. And he would turn up in, like, everything. He had, like, well over 200 mm. credits. But, of course, in the last few years of his life, The Wicker Man had become, like, a real cult hit. And then he was in Star Wars, and then whatever we may or may not think of them, and we'll cover them one day, he was uh, in the Lord of the Rings films and, and the Hobbit films, which were, well, certainly the Lord of the Rings films were really well thought of. So suddenly this has been retconned as, wow, Christopher Lee. And I wonder if that was the case in the 70s. I, I do wonder if this there was any cachet around this guy at this time. I, would have I think so. by that point, yeah, by that point, he, he had... He still had an, an impressive CV, obviously, you say, known for like Hammer, Dracula. Mm. So I kind of wonder if, I don't know, I, I don't think he would have done this just to kind of keep his coffers going or to kind of revive his career. Yeah, because this um, is the year after The Wicker Man, and I would recommend the original version of that film to anybody. It's terrific. Oh, definitely. Amazing, amazing. Most influential films. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of work, and it's, it's a little bit creepy, but it's not quite scary. Britt Eklund's in it as well. Now, as a kid, I watched this and went, who's that? And they said, James Bond. And I oh. thought, well, that's how the film ends, isn't it? <laughs> well. 
And I, I don't even give myself credit for being that clever. It was just one of those bizarre moments where even as a kid, I went, well, I can see how this film in- finishes. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, where, that's where you can and get And Roger it, Moore isn't staying exactly still there. He can't. No, you can see him move just a tiny amount. Yeah, I mean, he's doing his best. I mean, yeah. Mm. But fair, he's pretty good. And obviously that's a work. Then there's one last shot, and I'm wondering what he shoots off with that last shot. Pew! In here. Or a ball. Kneecap, <laughs> <laughs> kneecap. No, we are back. We are. I, I've always liked the Spy Love Me's um, title sequence. I know Chris disagrees, but really, we are in a bit of a downward trend by now, aren't we? Mm. Mm, it's all a bit kind of watery, they, isn't it? They, they, <laughs> well, they, they, they never really. If I'm doing a series, I, I figured that they were never really that good. No. Really, until like... and I do. I do wonder whether the Spy Who Love Me is just timing with the music and an extraordinarily good song. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is, to be Because I totally respect why you don't like it, because there's no theme there, but it's just set, timed so perfectly, all of it. The theme is like kind of watery birds <laughs> reflecting at a pool. But no, I think, no. It is just, I think it's just timing and... Yeah. Uh, Future, and a really Future Kill really like amuses me in a really crap way. Yeah, because it's, it's just neon. like, they thought this... Lo- I remember you on the review going, they thought this looked good. <laughs> neon, neon. Just neon, neon birds and... I could see they had like he had a theme in his head and he thought it was being really artistic but really it was like it's a bit of shit really isn't it? what's modern neon yeah, well, well you had is... like the fire and ice thing it's like okay right, yeah, but, but also back then like kids were wearing like those neon socks the mm. pink and green ones and stuff so, but it's just we had the same shot of Roger Moore from the from, from, from other titles just turn up. I want, them, I, want them, just... I want them to put that in Bond twenty five and make no reference to it at all. <laughs> just drop it in there. Just have like Roger Moore jump up, fire a gun, and disappear again. Or, 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 or just or, have, or Daniel, yeah, Daniel yeah, or Daniel Craig just do an impression of like all the different Bonds just in in different scenes, <laughs> just for no reason. Yeah, comes on as Sean Connery, slaps a woman. <laughs> Man's off. <laughs> c- c- his eyebrow. Comes on as Sean and hands in a letter of resignation <laughs> straight away. <laughs> comes on as Roger and just like smarms it up a bit. <laughs> comes Ra- on as an eyebrow. Font. What, what would he do as George? It's like all the ladies. Hand in a letter of resignation. Oh, 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 oh sorry. I thought he said Sean. Sorry. No, 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 no. Tim, yeah. come on as a bouffant. <laughs> you, you just, why, why, why is Craig doing a Welsh accent all of a sudden? Yeah, just... uh, as Pierce, he just comes on as a wine waiter. <laughs> I am so glad this was Guy Hamilton's last film. I hate speaking ill of the dead, but on balance, I, I think a lot of his stuff looks kind of sloppy. He was such a lovely man to meet. Oh, I, I've, he- I, I've heard he's a really, he was a really, really lovely man, and yeah. he did do a couple of really great Bond films. But when he was poor, he was so sloppy. No, he has made some other, you know, other howlers outside of this one. But I must say, I do like, even though like um, Lulu's theme is is very often ranked quite low down, I do quite enjoy it. It's kind of it's funny. I mean, there's which one? Really, sorry, uh, Lulu's golden gun theme just now. I do Lulu's. I quite like it. Yeah, I think it's good fun. Um, it's kind really of a guilty lyric. pleasure. It's it's more it the is, fact definitely for me. Do you know the reason I've never liked it wasn't um, lyrics or anything. It was the fact that she was so breathy within it. It's almost like she's a professional singer. She would know how to breathe. And yeah, it's almost like she forgot book. during that song. There's lots of going yeah. on. Maybe, maybe it's maybe perhaps they might have recorded it in lots of different takes rather than one take. Or uh, unless, yeah. unless maybe it might have been on purpose. Like, what, might... like this is sexy. Let's put it. Yeah. Well, kind of maybe but experimented a bit with like, oh, this adds a bit of uh, that energy there, to it. That guy mm. in the middle there, the bald guy with the um, moustache. Yeah. 
was mistaken for a hotel inspector by Basil Fawlty. Oh, yes. Yeah, Bas- Basil was like crossing around him and he's like, no, I'm not, eventually. <laughs> it was the same episode like Bernard Cribbins was in and he got them both wrong, thinking they were like inspectors. Oh, fabulous. Mm. Oh, Fawlty Towers. That's an absolute classic series. That is a fine moustache, though. Uh, yeah, epic tash. And it's around the same time, actually, because the first series of Faulty Towers was the year after this. Yeah, I was going to say, it's around the same sort of time. Oh, very cool. But I do like this one. It's one of those, like, one of those Bond films where like Bond knows everything. It's, it's like, oh. all of the Roger Moore era. I find, <laughs> I find it half funny, half obnoxious. I don't know how to feel about it. Certainly okay. by the time Pierce Brosnan was pulling the same trick, I was like, oh, shut up, Pierce. No, exactly. Um, it's quite refreshing to go back and read something like Obviously, Forever in a Day, which is meant to be the, the prequel to Casino Royale, where like Bond. I haven't got to it yet. I will yeah. do. I'm reading them all. I'm reading. Yeah, them all. catch up definitely. Yeah, I've, I, no, I've decided. I highly recommend it. I, I've decided I'm going to read all the Bond books, including the Young Bond. Yeah. If it, the the um, odd short story that isn't in like an anthology, I won't bother with. So I've got them all written down. It's something like 49 of them. Mm, there's quite and a lot I, of them. I've I've nearly finished. I've nearly finished from Russia with Love, which is the fifth. I think the ones that you kind of obviously W7 in New York, um, Diamond Smugglers. Yeah, but that, that's in the, that's all in collection, so they they're will. Not, yeah, but they're like not Bond canon. Well, W7 in New York is not, is not. Quite yes, but, there, it's, but that is part of it, though. Sure. That that will come. That and Quantum of Solace and all the rest mm. of it are in a certain. No, I think yeah. that Risico and a couple of others are in a certain collection. Obviously, and. Yeah, that's right. The last one, the last one that was published, which is Property of a Lady. Yeah, which is used at the start of Octopus. Hmm. I couldn't remember what the title was called. Property of a lady. Who uh, who did like uh, Bond show off better, Sean or Roger? Who did what? Roger. Who did like showing off uh, about their knowledge uh, more? Well, the Sean only or... time we ever really saw it with Sean was um... diamonds. Yeah, diamonds. Oh yeah, it. we did actually. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we did see it in uh, when he was banging on about sake as well. Yeah, he knows what temperature to drink sake at. Now, money penny's fucking hot, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like a nice green shirt. This yeah, it, it, yeah in... it's that blouse. This woman is still in her forties at this point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in, in this in this day and age, she's in kind of like my age bracket. In that, like, I, I'd totally be interested in a woman of that age, but not looking like Margaret Thatcher there. <laughs> What's going on with the yeah, hair? Here, like this era, I can believe that her and Roger are a but couple. The, the thing is, though, like it, you know, you realise it when you watch like old game shows, like uh, even as old as like The Crystal Maze. Like people yeah. looked older back then, they so do. like they'll they they'll come on. You think you have in your head? Oh, they're like in the thirties. I'm nineteen, thinking fucking hell. <laughs> well, yeah. It's all the hair and the thick makeup. Isn't yeah, it's it? weird. Well, well I... Ber- Bernard Lee was the same age in like Doctor No as like uh, Rafe was in Spectre. Oh God! <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that. What did like you think? Saida. <laughs> just... His eyes are. <laughs> Readers' wives. <laughs> look at that look that is not Ugh. that is not a knockout I, I don't mean any disrespect there because like in real life you might meet her and be attracted to her but like in well, terms of put, putting her in your blockbuster film that is not a knockout beauty <laughs> yeah, she's meant to be known for you know her belly dancing and big her daddy there, more than big her face dad, big daddy there watching it is big daddy <laughs> fucking his waistline well, up half his up to his tits basically yeah, no. or Hitchcock depending on what you think it'll yeah, she's meant to be more known for her abdomen rather than her looks. <laughs> and in the middle there appears to be 1996 World Darts Champion Steve Beaton. <laughs> Going for vague references there. 
All these Bond cameos that <laughs> you didn't know existed. <laughs> There's Michael Winner at the side there. <laughs> oh yeah, there he is. Well done, Max. Oh yeah, this is the okay. bit like that made no actual sense, isn't it? <laughs> it's the other fact. It's the fact they've gone to like Beirut or whatever it is, and that's clearly pine wood because you don't see outside at all. It's it just like quickly do a set. Hello, James Bond. Ooh. That's a very quick and, and you know. I love the fact that's all Bond he has to do. He's totally like, well, you'll definitely want to fuck me straight away. <laughs> he just mentioned his name, and the ladies are like, "Oh!" And he's swooning. He is, he is, to be honest, he is wearing a really nice suit there. He is. No, he like does look good. Yes, he does. Rog looks good. I think how obviously last previous film, *Live and Let Die*, we have many of as Bond, big pause, James Bond, and now we've just got James Bond, and it's like, hmm. So we've got maybe one of the longest Bonds, and then also the shortest Bond. So another trend for you. Yeah, not as good as Lazenby. Where's Bond? <laughs> Really, really excited. My name's Bond. Hello, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Bond. <laughs> do you know, do you know what? I, I always defend George, and I really like him. And it wouldn't uh, be hard that if he'd done a series of films, he'd be considered one of the best. I really hope but, to go to this but, but if anniversary the film, event. So I can if, if the film had been shit, it really would have like put the spotlight on that, wouldn't it? It would. If the film had been really terrible, and you've got good morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello. My name's Bond. James Bond. <laughs> That's all it takes, look. He's this, totally this, like, hello. This is my name. I'm just going to shag you silly. You, you can see like, the freckles on his, on his hands already. <laughs> he's, he's a freckly boy. He's liver spots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> awesome. He's lovely. How clumsy ah. of me. <laughs> why, why are you down there? <laughs> You want to love? Give us a quick one, too. I know. She could have had it as like a clip piercing, couldn't she? <laughs> oh my god! After um, Kingsman Part Two, oh, I don't think they'll ever go there again. I found that really funny, though. I know I should. It was funny, but it was a little bit like I had to cross my legs during that scene. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Why were you under attack? <laughs> no, but I just I just had to cross my legs. To be honest, the only thing that made me cringe about that part was the fact they were in Glastonbury. That was like, "Oh fuck's sake, really." That's where you see the crew. Look, like, there you go. You can see the crew in the window there. Yes, you can. In the mirror. Yeah. You can. Oof. <laughs> yeah, a lot of oof. Oof. That's actually quite violent, really, considering just banging someone's head against the wall. Yeah. He would do a lot of the stunts, eighty-five percent of the time. Yeah, that eighty-five percent being <laughs> live and let die. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the other fifteen percent being the other six films. On the subject of Bond books as well, I would also highly recommend the reissue. Bit broke to the face. Living at Die Diaries. That's where Roger said, "Did a scene, played a bit of backgammon, had some sex." <laughs> it was all good. I, I got paid. Had my highlights done. <laughs> Smoked a cigar. Stoke me a clipper. I'll be back. <laughs> I would have to do Red Dwarf one day. That'd be so much fun. But there's a lot of it, so we probably won't. Uh, if you can think of a format in which we can do Red Dwarf, maybe under a spin-off name, that's fine. Yes. Stoke me <laughs> You never had any, dear. You look rather readers' wives from where I'm looking. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, off to film the saint and cheat on my wife. 
Did he cheat well, on his wife? Yeah. Oh, Roger, Roger Moore, yeah. I mean, he, he did. He was yeah, on, that's the only way he could get out of it, though. He was, um, well, yeah. yeah, he was a victim of domestic abuse in his second He was, yeah, and, and especially that era as well. The only way that yeah. he could get out of it, because he couldn't divorce, was to, to be adulterous. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. his only way out. Oh, was he a victim of domestic abuse? Yeah, his second wife. I think it's his second wife. Apologies if I've got that wrong. Was quite violent towards him. May have been his third. Uh, one, of, one of his wives uh, used to knock him about being a gentleman. He didn't know really how to deal with it. Mm. No, obviously he wouldn't. He wouldn't give her back, would he? So yeah, which is which, um, which is. Yeah, she, but, yeah, yeah no, she, he, he, he should have listened to his mate Sean. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, we, we, we don't endorse that here on Twitter. No, we don't endorse any wife beating or husband beating. Thank you if you don't twat him, it's not our policy. No. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, she never resorts to that. Thank God they've got a bullet to look at now. With his name on. <laughs> not only that, a smashed up bullet. Just... Now, uh, Roger, when you come in to see us, would you mind dressing like Nigel Farage? Everyone <laughs> dressed like Nigel Farage back then. Actually, it was, like, was Blazer Central, yeah. which is exactly the same as Alan Partridge in Waterway Down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, is it Alan Partridge?" Yeah. Well, it's basically the Blazer, isn't it? It is the Blazer. Yeah. Yeah, double double breasted. Writing's on the wall. Periodically, double breasted blazers become fashionable again, and I would recommend to anyone as no guru of fashion ignore that trend. Because when they're out of fashion, they're really out of fashion, whereas a single-breasted suit always looks all right. Yeah. What was the one that Pierce wears when in Goldeneye, doesn't he? Is, is it single-breasted? I think so, yeah. No, I think it, it is. Yeah, but it is cool. kind of a blazer, yeah. I think uh, like a coat, like a... Oh, yeah, no, it's different with a long coat or something, yeah. Well, that's a safari suit. Safari suit. <laughs> you never see them anymore, do you? Safari suit? No. Yeah. I, I do think Craig will ever wear one. Now, he's headed down to a part of town that clearly looks like it would have, like, brothels in it. Yeah, he's not after the gunsmith. He's after, actually, a good time. <laughs> Senor? Uh-huh. Do you saw it? I don't know if it's the film stock or just the way it's been maintained, but I've always <clears> thought <throat> that the way this film looks, given its locations, is kind of drab. It does a little bit, yeah, it doesn't pop off the screen. It doesn't, um, does it? I always felt the same way about um, You Only Live Twice, which is like the ugliest of the 60s films. and yet It's, it's in one of those, those beautiful locations. Exactly. And, and it isn't ugly, by the way. I'm only talking relatively with uh, You Only Live Twice. It's still a pretty film, but... I think uh, because these are off the, the remasters that were done, what, like a decade ago? And yeah, about 2005, really something like that. But, you know, like, when you look at You Only Live Twice... Thunderball is beautiful, and Majesties is extraordinarily beautiful. Mm, that was and the first three are as well. So it stands out as like looking the drabbest, and and I can never understand why because it's such pretty locations. Considering now we have like the 4K restorations, like I was lucky enough to see the, the restoration of um, <laughs> Live and Let Die, which did, yeah. leapt, leapt off the left off the screen. Likewise, when we went, to, there was an all night screener at um, Prince Charles Theatre, and yeah, in, in London a while ago. Um, and so we had like Goldfinger, which just leapt off the screen. I just yeah, like, so beautiful. I, I, so beautiful. I, saw, I saw Doctor No and Goldfinger uh, a couple of years ago. Four um, hmm, K restoration is beautiful. Stunning. But then Doc, Doctor No for such a cheap film looks amazing anyway, doesn't it? Oh, it does for sure, especially on Blu-ray as well. I mean, like and the first Goldfinger time I saw um, Sorry, from a for example, on, on Blu-ray, I would just like, it blew my mind. See, it looked like, looked like new. I looked at um, 
oh, what was it, Goldfinger. When you think a lot of the Kentucky stuff is actually shot back lock, back lock, uh, back lock. Oh, yeah, on the back lot, yeah. You think it would look drab, and it doesn't. It just looks no. gorgeous. I mean, it's obviously like the, the blue screen elements, like, for example, when, when Felix appears, and you can kind of tell that um, yeah. he isn't yeah, actually in Florida. Fair. He's, you know, he's well, in Pinewood. That, that would but, be the same at any sort of level of... Um, but the rest of it looks fine. Not it's a little bit more noticeable that some of the... Um, do you know, someone said, are actually dudes. someone said the other day, and it really got me thinking. I mean, if, if they get Felix back, I want it to be Jeffrey Wright for obviously, obvious reasons. Well, he said it's Continuity. possible, so he might, he might but be if, back. But if, if they went um, with the book definition of him, someone said, you know, the perfect Felix would be Matthew McConaughey. Ah. Oh. And they're actually... Yes, of course. Yeah, that, that makes perfectly true sense, yeah. Because he's kind of a blonde Texan, isn't he? Yeah, so that is Matthew McConaughey for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe he could do that for you know, when he. The only he problem is he's supposed to be similar to in age to Bond, and Matthew McConaughey's probably late forties by now. It's just. Yeah. But I think you can just... forgo that though, can't you? If you know, seeing well, that he's a why... secondary character. Yeah, why can't you make me fifteen years older? Yeah, no, no, I get it. And plus, Matthew McConaughey looks good anyway, and he, you know, even he does. He does. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of enjoying the books. The funny thing when you reread them is it, I'm the same with books as I am with films in that I, it's, a, it's a clean slate every time. So like I went into like Moonraker, for example, remember it, remembering it being brilliant. And I enjoyed it just fine, but not as much as I remembered. And I went into Diamonds thinking it was going to be Drek and kind of enjoyed it. So it, it's kind of interesting rereading them. It's a very different continuity and a very different bond and you have to switch off what you know of the films? Yeah, I mean, so, some of them are. Yeah, some of them are quite different. Um, I mean, I know as we go on and you get the continuity orders, particularly Raymond Benson, that might, you could just picture Pierce Brosnan, and that's no problem. But mm. where where they're aping Fleming, um, and they're sort of fitting it fitting in with Fleming, they're different. They are different. But I've said that like the the John Gardner ones are hideously dated now. Like so stuck in the eighties. He, drove, he drove a Saab or something. A Saab, yeah, he drove a Saab. Yeah. I can never imagine that happening on the screen. Oh, no, can I? But hey, Saab. Hey. Oh no. Saab. Who, oh, well, who drives a Saab? I mean, I'm honestly. A, I'm a, I'm about <laughs> Do you drive nine, a Saab, Chris? No. I'm about nine books away from that. Coming soon. Coming soon. They're quite. Um, I was gonna say easy reads if you skip past well, them. Oh, racism. Most of the books are like 250 pages. Yeah, they're what, quite sure. Which book was it? I don't know if it was the last one or the one before. I think it might have been the one I'm on. It might have been when they were talking about Red Grant. They were talking ah. about crimes, and they were listing like how he'd done some minor crimes, nothing serious, and included in the nothing serious was rape. Yeah. Mm. Dodgy yeah. human being, Ian, Ian Fleming. Uh, very dodgy, and, but then and, obviously laws laws are different as well. Well, you can say of his time. <coughs> I suspect he came off as a fucking posh bigot back then too. <laughs> but some of the books are really good. The plots aren't great. What what's really good about them is the pacing. And he finishes books like no one else I've ever read. In that, like, I'm not saying whether he's good or bad, but you finish one wanting to start the next. No, that's quite good, isn't it? I think. I think that's a good sign. Particularly Casino Royale, where he's going on about the arm that holds the whip and stuff like that at the end of it. It's really something like, give me the next one now. Yeah, literally. You, you want to find more about that arm, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, Hallmark's a bit of a good writer there, I think. That guy's, um, but, look how short that guy is! He's tiny. And here's probably one of the worst Bond girls ever. 
She's really bad. <laughs> it's really funny if you've just watched The Wicker Man because she's dubbed Scottish in that. She is. Yeah, they dubbed her. It was a bit, it was a bit dub crazy, that film. Yeah. Yeah, she's bloody well would. I like this guy. Surprise! Oh. <laughs> 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 Makes me laugh. Oh, I'll just sneak into someone's room. It's fine. Yeah, literally. You couldn't do it in the real world, could you? But because he's so much, it's alright. Oh, nice room. Yeah, but he wasn't Sir Roger at this stage. Well, no, he, but still. at best he would have been Roger MBE. <laughs> Look, I just love how casually he just takes his gun out of his breast pocket. Mm. It's like he doesn't know what he's getting into, you know. No, you but know, how casually I... just sort of like, yep, here's my gun. The problem is he was Bond for so long that they got more and more stupid and comedic, partly because that was his sensibility, but I, I now think part of it was he was getting older, so they couldn't really like stress action in the same way. But doing them the way we are now, where we'll do like a commentary and then half a dozen episodes of something else and then do another commentary. He, he's now off the bottom. I, I do think he's I think he's better than Pierce Brosnan. He just has so much more charisma, screen presence, gravitas, everything. And he has a take here where he's a blatant pervert. He, he has a unique he has a take on the character which Brosnan never had. So uh, he's now not my least favourite Bond, Pierce Brosnan is. Sure, yeah, he just kind of go up the ranks, doesn't he? So. And again, that that's relative, because now I think I'll say genuinely I enjoy them all. Um, yeah, Roger's Roger is like one where I struggle with some of his, but I do enjoy them. And it'll be quite interesting when I get to John Gardner, because he was Bond when those books were written. And I'll be interested yeah, so to see if I start picturing them as Roger. I, I'll say, I think you probably will. I, I, I did, certainly. Yeah, I, I tend to picture as Sean. Except I, when yeah. Except when he's physically described, and occasionally you talk the, the grey eyes, and then immediately you picture Jason Isaacs or something. Thank you, Carmichael. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, he's better than I thought, and and Pierce Brosnan's perfectly like entertaining, but like yeah, Roger's think... got Roger's got a take and some gravitas and screen presence, and he's a film star, and with, actually with, um, Pierce Brosnan's TV. With Bros, I think he kind of. They tried to make him like an amalgam of, of all the bonds that had come so far that had, that had come before, um, and he just tried to try to spread himself too thinly, I think, rather than put his own stamp. I think it took him well, probably like his last film. This is the one scene I don't like, I must say. No. Um, Roger didn't like this either. No, but just it's, a little it, bit like, oh, look away. It does actually. I don't know if it's Maud's acting here or. Something about that yeah, grip she, does look very painful. Like generally, yeah, like, she's quite. She's quite. Yeah, convinced. I mean, I'm not. I'm not defending any violence against women in this series. I promise, I'm not. But when it's a slap, it's it's over and done quickly. Whereas that, she was struggling and in pain, and you thought, you know, her arm was being dislocated or something. Yeah, you could really believe. Like if he said, "Oh, I wanted to break it," then you would believe that he would do it. I do like her though. I think she's wasted in this film, and by the time she plays like Octopussy, she's got that sort of eighties perm bollocks going on. <laughs> it was neat. So it's it's a bit of a waste. Unfortunately. I, I I remember saying in the original review that she should have been the main Bond girl. Yeah, I think yeah, I really, she really should have done. The film, even, yeah. even even if it did mean that she ended up dying at the end, it you know it yeah. it would have made the film more weighty. Would have made the yeah, rather film than better. Rather than they, they James, when's it my turn to have a have a shag? <laughs> Good night. 
bloody hell. That's basically what she says. It, well, yeah, pretty, that's her whole character is basically sort of whinging about, like, when am I going to get shagged yeah, by the great James Bond? Yeah, it's my turn, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I accepted this mission. It's when he shoves her in a cu- cupboard in a bit. It's like, you know, <laughs> you feel like he's, he's going to push her in there with a notepad. And just say, like, if you see me do anything you like, let me know, and I'll happily replicate for you another time. I mean, yeah, but, you know, in a slight defence, though, if there's any other character who you really want, like, any other, like, Bond girl who you were happy to see mistreated, it would be that girl, because she's just that vacuous. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. She's a twat. Let's yeah. see him fuck someone else in front of her. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. But it is, it, you know, it's not a, it isn't her fault. It's the way she's written. I mean, when you look at Stacey, written, yeah. I know you've got all the James stuff, but like the actress looks a bit vacuous too. And when you get to Christmas Tr- Jones, exactly the same. Never yeah. would you buy her. Here, I, I'm not even sure it's Britt Eklund. I just think it's the way she's written. I oh, don't yeah, think yeah. Britt Eklund's a great actress. I think she's terrible either. Yeah, I mean, she would have just shown up and like did what she was told, essentially. Britt Eklund, probably responsible for like Peter Sellers not living that long because he had a massive oh. heart attack on their like wedding night. <laughs> he, 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 he was in his thirties and she was nineteen, and he got a bit overexcited. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why when you watch the Pink Panther and then watch the shot in the dark, he's significantly slimmer in the second one. Yeah, I, I started watching those and I couldn't believe the difference. I was like, really? I'm recording a Pollock flicks on them next week. Oh, I should have to catch up then. I'll get on with it and then listen to we're that. Gonna cover, we're going to cover the original Pink Panther, A Shot in the Dark, Return of the Pink Panther, Strikes Again. Then we're going to skip like Revenge and Trail and just do the first Steve Martin reboot. Ah. But we're going to cover those. Gonna yeah, I didn't, I, saw, I didn't think I saw Steve those. Martin reboot. The second one's terrible. The first one's not that bad. Really which, which ones didn't they change? Like the police chief wasn't one like. Uh... Yeah, they yeah they did. It's John Cleese in one and Kevin Klein in the other, and I haven't seen them for years. So I can't remember which way round it is. I think Kevin Klein's in the first one, but I can't. I wouldn't swear to it. What's he doing these days? Um, he Phoebe Cates. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> that's why he's not making films. Yeah. Bottoms up. Yeah, sadly, this club doesn't exist anymore. Why sadly? Were we all desperate? I was on the waiting list, damn. <laughs> well, it was just one of those locations that, you know, you, you, it was in a Bond film you could have visited, but now it's closed, so you know you look can't. At, look at the passion he visits on these ladies. Oh. This is, yeah, it's like, it's the man with the golden gun, and yet we don't see him till a good chunk of the film. No, so. we've just seen him there, but you don't see him much. He, no, he is it's, wasted. I mean, yeah, I, I'll say, the, the only, if anybody's wasted in this film, it's Christopher Lee. Favour isn't wasted. Knick knack. Knick knack. I mean, Roger Moore tells some stories on his. Well, he used to tell some stories on his live show about Irving Village Chase. He was just fucking around like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, apparently all all the girls loved him. uh, uh, He was just off to brothels and stuff like that constantly, (laughs) shagging dozens of them. (laughs) It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, if you read some of his, um, oh, what is it, um, Tales of Tinseltown and like his memoirs and everything, all the stories are in there. And it's just, yeah, some of the stories he tells are just hilarious. See, so he's, he's got really good, like, um, scary vision. Sinister eyes, yeah, Christopher Lee. He has. In the head. Good shot. 
That would be quite difficult to do, just like, don't, not blinking. Like, if you're on a scene where you have to be dead and you can't blink. I think they killed the actor just for for mis for a similitude. <laughs> oh dear, snuff movie. I, I've had a good life. Go on. Go on. <laughs> I had a good run. Yeah, set the dog down. Yeah, we'll we'll pay you after the, after the filming. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. Right, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, this film is a mixed up mess, though. Because he's about to find out, really, that, like, Scaramanga's really got no problem with him at all. And that should have been the end of it. See, yeah, this, this plot does not make any sense, does it, really? See, the, diff- the difficulty I've got with Roger Moore, well, I've got lots of difficulties with him, but one of the historical difficulties I've had watching his films is, as a heterosexual man who can sometimes see the attractiveness of certain men, but sometimes not. I think it all got coloured by his later Bond, that I I could never imagine him as, like, women really wanting him. But, like, he was a good-looking man when he was younger, wasn't he? Well, he is suave and charming, as you said. Yeah, suave is the word I would describe. I I struggle with the word suave, because it's normally used interchangeably with fucking smarmy. Yeah. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? And later on, when he was this it's old man cool, just trying charming. to fuck all the time, yeah, I struggle with all of well, that. Well, he said he dresses well, um, and also I think he just like took on the character in terms of like, well, this is the character, so I'm just going to take that and run with it. Yeah, more like the lighter side of it, just how yeah. he like to be a, a sort of charmer because he charm his way out of a mission yeah. rather than. I mean, by the time it. in Moonraker, he's undressing him without any consent at all. <laughs> you know, I just I with his eyes. I, I don't really have a political problem with it because I know what the film was going for. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, this is a bit sleazy. And well, then, and then, like Corinne, like for example, but with Doctor Goodhead, I'm like, hmm, would you not put up more of a fight? And then by the end, where he's got like really puffy hair, not bouffant, but kind of just <laughs> arranged, I was like, women wouldn't fancy him. And then you go back and watch Sean Connery, and you're like, yeah, every woman who's ever lived seemingly fancied that he's guy. He's hot. He's hot. Um, I, I never quite got it, but then of course when you see him in like episodes of The Saint and in the very early Bond films he does, Roger Moore's quite a good-looking guy, isn't he, Becca? Well, he, he, even even in The Persuaders, for example, obviously where he did this before and he had to sort of lose weight because of it. There um, was a lightness to him in The Persuaders. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, still very much. He was very deft, and again, he always looked very good, obviously because he designed all their all their outfits on that series. Um, but well, yeah, like, no, he he, he, like, he would he would look good. He would look good. But like he laughed a lot more in that, so there was a lightness yeah. of playfulness to him. Uh, yeah, very not lightness. Even of touch, compared definitely. to his Bond, it's the same with Brosnan. You think of him as one of the lighter Bonds, but like he laughs an awful lot more in like other films he's in. There's in, something about the yeah, pressure. Of, Steel. <laughs> there's something about the pressure of playing Bond that makes him go comparatively. <laughs> makes serious. him so serious. That's why. That's why Daniel Craig's so serious because he's playing the pressure. But Daniel Craig's a good example. You'd never use the word suave, but like. He, he scrubs up quite well, and I totally believe women would want him. Mm, I, yeah, I, I don't think Suave would apply to Daniel Moore. Um... But Suave, but I'm using Suave interchangeably with Oily, and he's, he's not, it's not that. <laughs> Still, well, well the amount... thing with Craig, it, with Craig is he has that, you know, he, he's similar to, like, say, if, if um, like, not like he he will do, despite <laughs> what, what uh, despite what Pierce Boston says, but if Tom Hardy played it, he's that kind of, he's a, he's a rough-around-the-edges, good-looking guy who 
scrubs but up well. By rough around the edges, we don't mean he's wearing donkey jackets or anything. He still dresses very like smart. No, no, that's what I mean. He dresses smart, but you can tell like, oh, he's 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 not soft. You can tell yeah. like he's a hard yeah. man, but looks yeah. and has that kind of that uncovers that element of like. Smart, sophisticated, be, but also I'd dangerous, be, you know. I'd be behind Tom Hardy if it wasn't for two or three things. Firstly, he'd be following Craig, and I think it's too similar. Secondly, Craig is five foot ten and Hardy's five foot nine, and I think they've got to arrest the slide before they do hire like fucking Jimmy Cranky. Um, oh, well, I think that's a bit, uh, still a bit of a stretch, isn't it? No, but I just think it's getting to the point where it's like, no, Bond's meant to be six foot something. I, I'm happy to make an exception for Craig because he was brilliant. How, how tall is him? But the other thing is, Tom Hardy was born in, I think, early 78. So, again, he's going to be, like, 44 on debut. It's too old. Oh, yeah. They need to be, like, well, I say late, late 30, like, 39, 40. That's about picture, 42. Because I, I guess it's 42 when he started. When I picture Aiden Turner's six foot, so he's just about all right. But Aiden Turner, I always picture him with his hair arranged much more um, 50 style. Like and I pick um, the Agatha Christie adaptation. I, I picture him as like a, a, a Fleming take on the character. Mm, definitely. Even though he doesn't sound like, even though he doesn't look exactly like the Fleming description, I always imagine that if you did like the Bond books as is on like Netflix or something, he'd be perfect for that. I think that's why um, Toby Stevens is quite good. Obviously, doing doing it on the radio. Voices, um, yeah. Yes, doing it in terms of Bond voice. I mean, obviously. He's, a very smarmy villain, but that's what he's meant to be. But I think his, his radio bond is pretty good. He's got the red phone there. Why doesn't he just call him Batman? Batman, come on. Shine <laughs> that I, bat symbol. I, I, just, I just like how M just like liking the idea of being a bit like, you know, our house is a bit weird. Like, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> being Being on like a, a weird sunken ship that I think all like... I, I still marvel at the fact that he was always drunk filming. Bernard Lee does look really ill in this film. I just can't. What, 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 what draws more... me to him is the amount of makeup that he seems to be wearing. It's powder, isn't it? It's yeah, foundation it's they're putting on him. Yeah, that was from like diamonds onwards. And when you read up on him, his wife and kid, I think I'm, I'm being too lazy to look it up, but like he had like I think his spouse and a kid killed in a house fire mm. in about seventy one. And he was always a drunk before that. I mean, he was drunk in all his scenes in Majesties, for example. Drove him over the edge. But apparently, it really ramped up. And and yeah. somebody famous, it might have been Richard Burton or somebody like that, paid him out of trouble because he was in a load of debt as well. Sure. Um, I can't remember who that was. That I might look up. Richard Burton sounds believable. Uh, yeah, but I feel like I'm making it up. I need to look that up. Sure. But um, he, he definitely looks worse in the seventies, and I think some of it is he's older. But some of it is they're hiding. There you go. On the 30th of January, 1972, so it wouldn't include diamonds. Lee's first wife, Gladys Meridue, died in a fire at their 17th century home in Oare, Kent. Apologies oh. if I mispronounced that. Which also left Lee hospitalised. According to actor Jack Warner, Bernard and Gladys had a lovely 17th century cottage in the Kent village of Oare. Again, apologies if I said that wrong. And it was there she died tragically in a fire in 1972. Bernard and Gladys were trapped in their bedroom when the fire started on the ground floor. Bernard escaped through a window and ran to get a ladder in an attempt to rescue Gladys, but unhappily was unsuccessful. It was an awful end to a long and happy marriage. Bernard, uh, in February 1972, Lee was mugged and robbed by two <gasps> youths. So this was like a, the month within a month. God, after the, mug, after the mugging and fire, Lee turned to drink and was unable to find work for two years and ran into debt. 
by chance I was right, but that's a fluke. By chance, Lee met Richard Burton in a pub who, upon hearing of Lee's problems, gave him a check for $6,000 to clear his debts, Mm -hmm. together with a note saying that everyone had a spot of trouble once in a while. Burton's gift assisted Lee in overcoming his depression. In 1975, uh, both Lee and... And it goes on about him appearing as something else. else. Um, Yeah, their their grandson's Johnny Lee Miller. Obviously, Johnny Lee Miller, yep, definitely. Yeah. Currently, is he still doing Sherlock? Um, I obviously. No idea. Elementary, you mean? Yeah, yeah, no yeah I think I'm still going. Of course, Train Spotting was full of Johnny Lee Miller doing bomb references. <laughs> but yeah, he had a tough time. He, he was drinking before that, so let's not dress it up, but what a tough time. Difficult time, yes. Particularly as he <laughs> Look was. Look how casual away. Roger is there, sorry to. Casual Rod. This is the casual Rod. No, normally most people are like, ah, fucking, you know, love, he's, love, he's, he's love, just like, yeah. I love the fact for that lower shot, they probably had to like cut and go to change his shirt because there's no like footmarks yeah. or anything. He was rubbish at action, but he's probably the best Bond at climbing over things. Probably stunt double. Much younger man. Now, this, is, this is just lucky, isn't it? And he's quite funny. Well, where, where he's got to show his third nipple. I mean, if this was a casino, how would that be? Oh my god, he's in the nip. He's got no pants on. He's got nothing. Hang on, can we see anything? Yeah, I can see. Oh, yes, you can. I can totally see. No, we can all we can all see. Well, this is Roger just chancing it, really. Just like yeah, I'll yeah. just I'll just take a punt. I'll just like you know see what I can find out. I don't know. You can totally see things. Where is she? Where does she come from? Where does she why, come from? Well, we can, see, we can see. We can see where she comes from. We can, but you know what I mean. Why does Haifa have a naked custom in his pool? You can get if I if I win the lottery. Is his nipple on the wrong side? No. Yeah, I thought he's that. in the wrong place. Yeah. But again, all that's known is a vague description, and he's got one. Sure. It's you don't know where it is. Yeah, I've, never, I've never noticed her bush before. <laughs> That's why I love revisiting these films because we learn so much more. That's what's amazing about Blu ray, you kind of see things that you've noticed before. Well, <coughs> okay. I was going to say on the big screen you'd see it. Well, yeah, on the big screen. Really, this came out in a double with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and I can't think of a worse second half to a double bill than that. No, that was a bit weird. That was a bit. Weird. I think maybe because I think, I think when, just yeah, when, when it came out, Christopher Lee had just died, mm. um, and the ending of Majesty's is so downbeat. Unfortunately, just like, you put you put it. With, so you need something quite cheery. I mean, the natural fun, thing like is to put it with Casino, but Casino had already been put oh. in Skyfall. The natural oh. the natural second half of a double bill for Majesty's for me is always for your eyes only. Yeah, definitely because you've got yeah kind of a natural succession. Starts at the grave anyway, and they're similar in tone and snare. Yeah. And, so you've got the continuity there, haven't yeah. you? As well. I, I, I think it's literally just because Christopher Lee had, had died recently. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason we could put with it. It was, it was good fun. It allowed me to meet Brian Dobson. That was pretty cool. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I didn't go. I, I didn't yeah, we, go. we missed out when you died, Dave. Uh, I would, well, I mean, if I had done, I would have gone to Majesty's and left. I, I, yes. Not because I really loathe this film, but because I don't want to watch this after Majesty's. No, it was a bit odd. That'd have been the first half, maybe. Maybe if bizarrely they'd put it that way round, then yeah. 
But I'm gonna st- I struggle to watch any Bond film right after Majesties. The only one I can do is for your eyes only. Because Casino Royale's a bit long and heavy to follow Majesties with straight away anyway. So you're trying to watch it at three in the morning. That was quite difficult. Yeah, that that stuff doesn't appeal to me. I've stopped doing midnight screenings and stuff because I don't <coughs> do film. I don't. No. It's a, it's a waste of money. Well, I can't remember the last time I did one. Probably might have been a Star Wars. Maybe I can't it remember. was a Star Wars in my case, and like I, I I enjoyed the film okay, but I enjoyed it much more like the following tea time when I watched it again. Yeah, when you're kind of more with yeah. it. Yeah, I don't feel the need to do it. And and to be honest, I've learned the hard way that it's pointless doing more than a double bill. If you're not at home, you can watch films all day yeah, if exactly. you're sat at home. But sat in a cinema, I, I don't want to watch a third after a second. I really don't. Uh, I think with the location, with the, with the PCC, because it was quite nice, because obviously they've got the upstairs and the downstairs screen. Yeah. I think had it been downstairs, I might have perhaps not gone. But the upstairs is it's smaller, it's a bit more intimate. Okay. Seats are comfier. Well, it's just that when I looked at the list of the films as well, I could totally see why they chose the films they chose. But they aren't the ones I'd choose. Oh, so, like... I mean, they started with, I think, Goldfinger. Well, I definitely would start with Dr. No, regardless. Cause yeah, it was the or Promotion of Love, for example, if they're doing the first. I think we, um, somebody, one of the JPR team, um, family people, wrote, I think has actually written to the PCC um, and said, oh, look, you know, would you consider doing another Bond um, all-nighter? Um, and how about picking these films? Because so, obviously um, Park Circus have, have the roster, so it's literally whatever they have available. And he kind of he dropped him an email and said, oh, um, would you consider doing another all-nighter? With this budget film, so we'll see how they get on. And I think it was literally like, yeah, Doctor No from Russia of Love. Um, it was much deeds again. Can't remember what they were. Um, yeah, Furious only, and then License to Kill. I would definitely uh, see. The thing is, if I was programming a, a series of films to appeal to the masses, I'd, I'd pick The Spy Who Loved Me. I would. I, I understand that like it's commonly the favourite, sure. but but it's not even. In, I, I I don't like it that much. I prefer like. For you, I prefer for your eyes only. Sure. And actually, I think I don't think it's a better film, but I think I enjoy Moonraker more, and I definitely like Live and Let Die more than it. So it's like struggling to be my fourth favorite Roger film. So I would struggle with that. And then like there was something else. Oh, with Tim, they chose The Living Daylights, and I I like License to Kill and stuff like that. And the thing is, The Living Daylights was like fourth one up, and I loved that film. But the last half hour was really boring with the Afghanistan stuff. And I just thought, at four in the morning, I'm going to be struggling. So, I, was, I, I was struggling towards yeah. uh, towards the end of the um, day, unfortunately, because I, I do love it. Um, but I just at that time in the morning, I was like, oh, come yeah. on, come on. And then, cause, like, Casino Royale, epic film. I was like, I can't wait for it it's, to end. It had, like, three endings. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the more Flemingish films, The Living it Day. Is. Like, so it really is. But like, like I, I will still argue till my dying breath that License to Kill is a better film. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, I mean they chose they chose the sort of selection for the masses, and I don't have a problem with that. But they aren't what I choose. And six in a row when there's like a couple on there I'm not that fond of yeah. would be like I'd struggle with that really badly. Sure. Oh, Roger's shit fighting. No wonder they, what, they just <laughs> I mean, knocked him out. Yeah, he, he just got knocked out by a midget. Yeah. I mean, he can't be that good. No. Fucking hell, Nick For a long period of time, he was one of the really, really highly regarded henchmen, though, Nick Nack. He was, definitely. 
I mean, as years have gone by, we've had more films, and this film isn't well thought of, so maybe less so. But I really like him. I, I do. But I hate this next. Well, he's sequence. a memorable character, isn't he? He is. This yeah. next sequence does my fucking tits in because it's the worst of Eon, and people lionize Cubby Broccoli now and Harry Saltzman and stuff, and and I get why, but like it isn't a new thing copying the thing of the day and it's just like we're a year after enter the dragon and bruce lee dying and and even you know and it really bled into popular culture you had stuff like hong kong fooey and mm. you know uh you know fucking high fat karate fucking aftershave and shit like that karate and like martial arts was a big big thing in the early and mid 70s and all of a sudden you've got bondia doing this and i think it's embarrassing to be honest I don't know. I mean, I understand your reasons why, but I remember as a kid kind of really enjoying it. Like, like particularly because I remember when I first watched um, Last of Kill, and I got and I, there was a bit of me got really excited just just by that sort of brief moment where it was Bond versus a ninja. It was like, <gasps> you know, yeah. and, and, and as silly and as daft as it is, there's a little bit of joy to be had from it. Uh, but yeah. I get what you're saying. But you know, again, it's just like, oh, okay, well, it's Bond versus you know, Kung Fu, you know, why not? It, it's just a fact that, you know, eight years before this or something, nine years before this, you had one of the highest grossing films of all time at the time. And, you know, Bond ruled the world and it was a leader. And from the 70s onwards, it just starts copying whatever's fucking popular. And the Roger Moore era is one of the worst for it. That just it's going. Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and actually, it, they've not learned after fifty odd years, not to copy the thing of the day and not to start trying to outdo the previous film every time. No matter how many times they prove the opposite, you know. After Moonraker, they went and did For Your Eyes Only, which doesn't notably really copy anything. Some of the music is of its time, but apart from that, it, it doesn't really copy anything. And it's a smaller film than the previous one and better for it. The Living Daylight's the same. Casino Royale, definitely the same. Quite a small film, Casino Royale, in terms of like the stakes and what they're all doing. You know, uh, uh, Majesties after um, You Only Live Twice six, and six stuff like that. Too. You know, they, they really have never learned what's right in front of their own face that like every time you just copy what's popular and try to outdo the last one you're gonna like shit the bed eventually this is why i'd love for them to go back and do some of the novels you know do some of the continuation books i know that might not be the trendiest thing to do it's nothing to do with trend it's nothing to do with vastly updating it's nothing to do with trendy becker i was talking about this on a i think it was a politflix i can't remember i was talking on Ah, sorry no, I, I just said that with the greatest of respect, it's the stupidest idea ever. Because yeah. the, the problem with it is, is that when you, you can read a book and really enjoy it and go, that would make a great film. Mm. And in isolation, that's brilliant. But like in 1963, Not when they would, said... It would have been great. In 1963, when they said James Bond will return in Goldfinger, the only thing you had to do to avoid knowing what was going on in the next film was not read Goldfinger. Whereas now, if they said the next Bond film was going to be like Icebreaker or something, just randomly <laughs> picking a John Gardner one, yeah? yeah? If they said the next film is going to be Icebreaker, the plot would be all over the internet in five minutes. <laughs> it would fucking ruin it. You can't do it. So you've then got the choice that you either 
randomly change the ending like I Am Legend style and ruin it, or you just take flavours of it, in which case it's not the book anyway. And die Then you've got things like, these are really bad examples, but like Hunger Games or Twilight, which is like some of the most, you know, the most popular um, YA series there are. And they've, you know, done hugely well at the box office. So. And they do follow the I think, I think, I think there, are, there are pros and cons. There are pros and cons. And also you've got other um, other adaptations which perhaps haven't haven't fared so well, um, which have been changed. Like The Spy Who Loved Me is, is very different from the book. Moonraker, very different from the book. But again, you're just well, not very different. But yeah, but you're you know. taking a title then. That's different. Exactly, exactly. But, but I, I mean, there's a case I, for and against yeah, adaptations I mean, in general. I, I, so. I don't care if they say the next book's film's going to be called Icebreaker, and it's completely different. But the fact is, if if they said we are going to adapt Colonel Sun, right? Just not again, ready. well, if they do that, I'll know within five minutes because I won't be able to resist either reading it or at least getting like Spectre, a, so. a synopsis. So what's the point? <laughs> I do think it's a really, really bad idea. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't... I mean, when they when they go and write a new book, they don't just, like, rewrite one of the other books or rewrite a film, do they? Why should a film well, be... No, that's it. I mean, there that's... are so many talented screenwriters out there. What bothers me is they keep going to the same screenwriters. It's like, well, get. it's not that they're even bad. It's that, like, there's so many voices out there with, like, fresh ideas. Surely, sure. yeah, exactly. No, I would agree with you there. I disagree on the other point, but I would agree there. Mm. Oh, God, I love this trope that every every person from yeah, Hong Kong and <laughs> like oh, two yeah. and two <laughs> girls can just beat like a like twenty guys. I love the fact. Well, what they should just have like four out of every five of them are just carrying briefcases and going. No, I don't know anything about fighting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure films made that joke. Or I mean, look where point. we are now. They want to put some kung fu into this. The kung fu is of not high standard anyway, or karate, sorry. Not of a great standard anyway. And you've got Bond stood there fucking watching. I mean, it's just like, have they not thought about that at all? Can you imagine if that was Connery or Daniel Craig? Can you imagine if that was Craig just stood there, like, cupping his chin, going, well, that's most interesting. It's like... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I, th- I think someone would eat that shit up. But, uh, yeah, I get what you mean. But it would have been handled differently back then. I think here it's like, yeah. uh, as you say, it is kind of like, oh, that's, that's just a kung fu. And Bond isn't known for being like a kung fu guy. So there it's like, oh, well, ju- let's just it someone else like- do that. And and, they, and I think they kind of pull it off to, to a degree. No, I mean, the, the one thing that is consistent between books and films, and there isn't a lot, is is Bond was always a very very good boxer and extraordinary low like extraordinary pistol marksman, so he's an extraordinary shot and very very good in hand to hand fighting. <laughs> I love that he's the rookie mistake of driving off without him. Like, <laughs> this just whole thing's ridiculous, isn't it? I know, but it's all in service of what as well. This is yeah. just utterly pointless. It's good fun though. Good fun to watch. Yeah, it's all right. And you get you get to see some lovely Thai architecture and travel along the Klongs. The problem is even even though I mean they can help it I suppose and they haven't got like CG or anything, but the water looks filthy as well, and it's just like yeah, this, this film just to. looks so drab. When I think of this film, I always think of it in like kind of a brownish color palette. Sepia tint. Well, sepia implies kind of pretty and a bit romantic. Nostalgia, but no. <laughs> no, this, this is kind it's of just brown. brown. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's so beautiful. And then obviously this guy who pops up is like 50,000 fast or whatever There is, is part of me that is surprised Roger Moore ever took this role. Because, I mean, he loved it. And, he, and he, he would still have been playing it right up to his death if he hadn't aged. Do you know what I mean? He, he, was, he, ad- he adored it. And, you know, 
when they talked about, you know, then they recut that trailer of him in Spectre and he was like, if only. Yeah. He, he loved it. Yeah. So when, when I'm about to say he complained a lot, I don't mean it like that. Because no. he loved it. But the number of scenes he bitches about going, well, that isn't very me. I mean, no. the, the car off the cliff, he hated this. And he actually complained about this in his live show as well. It wasn't very so, well, great, was it? He said, well, it, it may be very James Bond, but it ain't very Roger Moore. He, he no, just, it's not. He exactly. hated doing this. What am I pushing a kid off a boat for? Exactly. And then obviously he became a UNICEF ambassador to save children all over the world. So. Yeah. Can you imagine they played that unlike his intro? Welcome, our newest <laughs> ambassador, a great believer in children's rights. Here's a clip. Here's a clip. Here's a clip. more. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> to, seeing that. To be fair, the kid too. is kind of obnoxious and annoying. So. Oh, no. Do you know we've got? Uh, do, you know, do you know we've got him involved in it? You will, uh, you will, Becca. Do you know Chris? No. It was Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, yes. Mm. I can't. Uh, there's a really there's a quote. There's a reason why she got involved as well, and it's like the most heart rendering thing. Um, and I have to find it online. Okay. Pay attention to our Facebook page. Whenever I find it, I will post it. Obviously, because we're blocked out of Twitter at the moment. We are blocked out of Twitter now. For anyone listening, that's an, that's that's an absolute nightmare. Because oh a lot of people will think we said something rude or something. We didn't. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Every time we change series, oh, we God. change our Twitter date of birth to the first film in the series. So when we were Bond, it was October the 5th, 1962, because that was the release date of Dr. No. When we were Star Wars, it was May the 25th, 1977. When we were uh, The Godfather, it was, I think, April-ish, 1972 or March, something like that. We find the release date of the first film. We then make a value judgment on whether we choose, like, the US or UK release date. But Superman, it would have been December 78 and so on. Of course, we're about to move on to Marvel. So I, <laughs> I, the funny thing is, I knew about the 13 rule. I did, but when I went to change our date of birth, it gave me the option of like newer than that, and I thought, oh, they've they've scrapped that rule then, oh. so I changed it to the release date of our date of birth to the release date of Iron Man, which was May the second, two thousand and eight, and then it said you're clearly under thirteen and locked us out. Nope. It happens. It, 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 happens. It, it almost like it laid a trap for you to. <laughs> well, yeah, because I thought, well, it's not going to let me go any younger than. I, I would have thought the same, Dave. So don't worry about it. And then what was the most frustrating thing is you know I've, I've since tried to get in touch with them and say, look, you know, what can we do about this? The worst um, thing is I chose it, Becca. I chose a different date first because sure I knew, did. I knew it's of, not your fault, Dave. Don't worry. I, I knew of the thirteen rule, so I chose like um, I think originally I chose the first publication of like the first Spider-Man comic or something like that, and I thought, no, that doesn't seem right. So I cho I changed it when we got locked out. If we get back in. I'll change it to like Stan Lee's date of birth or something. But yeah, that's why we're locked out of Twitter at the moment. We're trying to fix it. Thing is, Be Becca, I set up our Facebook page, but Becca set up our Twitter. So it's all registered to like her name. I send my it, driving so. license, my personal driving license off to bloody. She's trying to sort it out for Jack us. Dorsey. And, and, it's, and, and actually, they're so busy uh, because they're not very customer friendly. So you've got to go through like one path, and there's millions of us. Oh, uh, who knows when it'll be back up it'll yes. be back up at some point yeah hopefully it'll, it'll just luckily we had an email back saying oh you know thanks we've received your requests it'll mm. be up again soon but it's just the usual paths you can take you can send them you can send requests to help via direct messaging it's the, which fact, is, you can't which have closed. A, it's the fact you can't have a dialogue with them because no, what, speak, what, what you'd rather do is ring a helpline and say this is what we've done they'll say you can't do that and we'll say yeah but we've done it for this reason how can we pick a date of birth when there's three of us they'll either agree or they won't agree 
They'll see what they need to see, and then they'll unlock it and set the rules by which we need to operate. Exactly. But because, because we haven't got that, they're going to check Becca's driver's license and say, but you've put May 2008, and we don't know whether they'll go with that or not. Mm. We'll find out, I'm sure. Coming soon, on a future episode of Do You Expect Us to Talk. All right. The Tinder really Saga but, continues. But yes, for the record, my fault. Oh, no, Dave, it's, it's not your fault. It's just we, we picked the wrong date. Well, it was my fault in that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't blame yourself, Dave. Don't worry, it's not a problem. I would have done the same. Oh, well, it, it's, it's only Twitter. If the if, if will get sorted and if it won't, we'll, we'll, we'll do a new account or something. And we've got, and we've got Facebook and we've got a lovely email. Do you expect to talk at gmail.com? The only thing is we had about eight, 750 listeners or something. So uh, anyway. I'm sure we could build them up Keep again. Keep an eye on our personal accounts. Yeah, we'll... Yeah, we, we were, all three of us tweeted what happened. So, yeah, keep an eye on our personal accounts, except we might not know mine unless you read our Twitter feed. But <laughs> from the early days. This is kind of a funky design for a gun, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, just made up of it's a, cool. a lighter. I kind, of, I kind of like this, though, because you'd have to get through customs and shit, wouldn't you? Yeah. But no, this is like the ultimate Q gadget that Q Bunch never designed. And plus, thanks for explaining the Twitter fiasco, Dave, because it saved me from having to moan about GW, who we'll see later on. Yeah. That's a point. Who, who, who do you recast as J.W. Pepper? Oh, bloody well, hell. If you were doing if you it now. Back, yeah. Probably um, Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that, that would work. That's not bad sh- Actually, I'd go, for his par- I'd go for his long-time partner. I'd go John C. Riley. John C. Riley, yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. And he's too busy being Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, because he can do um, both serious and kind of funny, and I'm probably sort of like doing like a mixture of the. Serial. And he's he's more natural at a southern accent as well. Yeah, yeah he's probably got that definitely. Yeah, either of those two, I reckon. It's worth mentioning. I'd this be is, less uh, obnoxious, I would have thought as well. Or he'd be played Harry, more for laughs. This is, of course, Harry Saltzman's last um, film yeah. in the series. Yeah, they go their separate ways. Yeah. Harry Saltzman was losing money hand over fist on different projects and stuff. Ended up selling his half to United Artists, which is now owned by MGM, obviously. Um, hence that. So, hence Eon don't only have like half the say in production minus whatever you give to a distributor, which is one of the reasons it's a bit messy. Uh, uh, Cubby wanted to buy his half and he wouldn't sell it to him. Like, but, you're slamming doors in the background. I apologise. It struck me that they just behaved like fucking children at the end. No, you can't have it. It's like after all those years and what they created, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it just kind of go down as, as something that's really petty, doesn't it? It's not a shame. Yeah. Oh. Very serious moment. I'm taking it seriously. I'm wearing a frown. <laughs> I quite like her dress, actually. It's a nice colour, anyway. Turquoise. <laughs> I like that turquoise your colour. It's very pretty. It's what's inside that counts, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> so shallow. It's, it's not the it's not the um, the third button or whatever it is that has the Homer. I just the thing with Roger Moore's Bond is all his conversation is how can I get a shag out of this? Yeah, literally. How can I charm the pants off you? Literally, he's got to look at her in the clothes for. But it was just I just sometimes you to think I'm like gentle. I don't know with some of the some of the Bonds you feel like they'll they'll take it if it comes along they'll take it. 
but like Roger is trying to engineer it round to sex all the time. That's what I, there's a huge dichotomy there about a character like there. She's just like, oh yeah, passing time is one of your fantasies isn't quite my scene. And then later on, oh James, when's it my turn? Making mind up, love. Very beautiful woman, Brigitte Eklund, though. Very pretty. Yeah, she married. I'd, I'd love to go to Thailand. I'd love to visit. It'd be an interesting country. Can't speak a word or read the language, but I'd like to go. Me and Chris can. We won't, we're yeah, not going to prove it. <laughs> no, yeah, we simply just go over, just speak loudly and point at things. Yeah. You get, you get exactly what was it Ricky Gervais says? He said, you point pointed stuff, speak a bit louder. And if that <laughs> and doesn't work, you trust the place up. The place up. Knowing the, the, the fact that you did best. your best, yeah. That's what you're going to try and learn Japanese on it. Like, so. <laughs> it's, it's the shoving her in a cupboard. He, he's one step away from saying, like, say if you see anything I do you, that you like. <laughs> I'll do it with you one later on. Yeah. It's a sneak preview, my darling. Yeah. Harry Saltzman, <laughs> the lecherous bastard, apparently was um, really disappointed because he hired her on the basis of the Wicker Man, and, and all the front shots of her in that were, she was pregnant, so her boobs look bigger, and all mm. the shots from the rear where she's dancing around naked are a body double. So when she turned up on set with like quite an athletic build, he was really disappointed, apparently. It wasn't quite um, as she imagined. I don't know how you can see Britt Eklund to go, nah, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> well, she, she's like, you know, she's known for, for her looks being so beautiful, wasn't she? So, As with um, Maud Adams as well. It's obviously thinking about Nordic Nordic ladies, or just the Swedes in general. why I use the odd three pillow, three pillow trick. Oh, the, yeah. third, the third pillow being some woman. Oh, it's kind of <laughs> it's uh, free some, my dear? It's amazing how like technology has changed in that like, if you went into a hotel room now and that farty little TV was there, <laughs> just in terms of screen size, I mean, you'd be... What? What's going on that TV? fuck is this shit? The screen's the size of a fucking ashtray. It's really tiny. And it has buttons on it, children. Look, and there's a knob. Yeah, thing. we used to have to get up and change the and channel. Change, yeah. When I, say, when I say we used to have to, it, it stopped when we were very young. But like, um, my mother, when when they were kids, you had to change the TV channel on the wall in the next room. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to go next door to do it. Really? Yeah. Wow, I don't remember that. I remember getting up and pressing the button on the TV. You wouldn't channel. remember that because it was the 1960s. Well, because we had a really, really old TV. Um, this was like the yeah, 80s and early 90s. Uh, and then having like the ginormous um, <laughs> remote control with all the buttons. I'm so old that I can remember Channel 5. Yay. What, you remember <laughs> Channel 5? Well, it's still around. Spice Girls. Yeah, that was like it was 2000, I think, wasn't it? So. Yeah. We're getting reports in of another mass shooting in the United States. Yes, I've just seen that too. Maryland, a newspaper. Yeah, Yeah, very sad. I've just seen reports of, um, in Bournemouth, police called to help more than 20 dogs trapped in hot cars in one week. 
Well, yeah, the, obviously the United States isn't as hardcore as us. Uh, that pisses and, and me more, off. Any, any more tragic Conversely. news? Any more tragic news? England losing one 0 to Belgium. <laughs> They've lost. Have oh, they lost? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, doesn't it go? What about our um, our fair play points? Because we received less yellow cards. Yeah, but they don't just give you points for that. It's only if it's a dead heat. Well, I know. I wasn't quite sure because they, they, they go through Colombia now, and their half of the draws that half of the draw is easier. So in some respects, it's better. To be fair, I, I did see a little bit of that game, and I think we were a little bit too defensive. Um, obviously, don't know how obviously know how it turned out, but I didn't obviously watch the rest of it because I was here doing this. Well, I watched about. A little I bit watched, on the defensive side. I, I watched about an hour of the last game just before the Grand Prix, and that was it. Sure. Not really bothered, but I did Not read. Seen any of it. They, I did read they'd made a load of changes tonight, and that struck me as they weren't bothered if they won or not because the other half of the draw is easier. Yeah, maybe that's why they kind of thought meh. But then that's what cost Germany their game. I don't know about you, Chris, but this happens all the fucking time. You're trying to shag one, and another one turns up, and you go, "What do I do with her?" <laughs> you, you don't want to burn your bridges. <laughs> Well, you know, I go to the usual, just lock one in the cupboard, give a note of paper. Just like, I know. tend to lock one in the cupboard because asking for a threesome's a bit forward, really. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> so that's our top tip for lovers tonight. <laughs> if not, if given no signals, lock one in a cupboard. And if they're James lucky, they Bond. can have sloppy seconds. Yeah. <laughs> if they're really lucky, you won't last that long first time out. So they won't have to wait too long. Even, even when Jake Christopher is relaxing, he looks sinister. <laughs> even, he's just lying down in bed. He looks, still looks like he's about to rise up like Dracula. He's considering murder. <laughs> he does look like he's literally going to sort of like just spring up upright. It was a double feature. <laughs> there was there was cock and push there. Now that's the first we've seen of this pointless fucking plot device. So that's agitator. I think again that was kind of what was going on, obviously, because Britain was in the mix of um, energy crisis. Yeah, we time. had three day weeks and stuff, but it didn't improve the film any, did it? And again, where why have they not learnt this? I can understand that you don't want to set it in a period piece. You want to keep Bond kind of relevant. I get all of that. It was relevant for the but time. But this, <laughs> this constant looking around and going, right, what's happening? Yeah, well, right, let's current, put that current. in a film, whether it fits or not, or whether it suits your plot or not. Half the time you end up feeling lectured. And the other half of the time, it's a plot point they drop anyway. I mean, this, yeah, it, ruined, it ruined this film. And I have to say, the whole lost disc thing wasn't exactly well followed through in Skyfall. It wasn't really relevant by the time the film came out. Ginger. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was literally just like plot du jour, what's in the news right you now. It must be like... good. She left happy and your hair's not even messed up. <laughs> yeah, despite doing it, they always look well coiffured. Yeah. <laughs> See, editing, that would have been more interesting if they'd been watching a video of him. <laughs> Cuts to the crowd and they're like, yes. Apparently this was done in a real live boxing ring, like the match was actually happening at that time. You know, it wasn't staged or arranged or anything, it was actually a real live, real live match. So they tell you. Mm. 
yeah, I, I didn't mean obviously to play down the fact that there has been another shooting in the States, but I just kind of saw it, you know, elsewhere in the news. Very, very English, very English news. But yeah, corpses, obviously the shooting is very sad. Corpses never void their bowels in films either. <laughs> That's fun, folks. She's in, a white, she's in a white dress. She should be stinking and a bit stained. Well, she she might have relieved herself prior. Yeah. There we are. Of course, speaking from knowledge of what might happen in that. Yeah. But, <laughs> speaking yeah. from knowledge, he, he, read, <laughs> he read her autobiography where she said, I had a shit for a film. Like. Said, I went to the bathroom before. <laughs> but yeah, she wouldn't be that still. Sorry. And, and, and there would be no. presumably more blood as well, like sort yeah. of just leaking. Yeah, and how also, was she upright? How did she not slump forward? Yeah. And also, it's like, what should we put Roger in for this scene? I don't know. Mash? Yeah, he does look like he stepped out of Mash, doesn't he? From Safari Suit into Mash. So it would have worked if, like, if they'd, like, injected her or something. Yeah. So you, you would have you would have bought that, that and gone, oh, right, so it's something that's made not of, a like... a shot in the heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why is she not slumped over? And I don't know. She gives love a bad name. <laughs> Alright, Bon Jovi. My least favourite band of all time. <laughs> oh, not a fan. No. Is that always the way? I can hate that band. <laughs> Does it go down the Why, why, why don't you like them? It's rock music for people who don't like rock at oh. all, <laughs> I think. I used to really like Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah but back in the day, maybe, but mm, not so much. And he puts on this slightly macho voice when singing which doesn't suit him because he's as fucking twee as fuck <laughs> the least macho human being ever yeah he's not very macho it's Romeo is bleeding <laughs> you can't see his blood. <laughs> yeah dreadful <laughs> oh, that's so funny it's like a really really girly girl with like flowery dresses and stuff says to her mum my boyfriend likes rock, and I need to play a rock long. What rock can? What's a, what's a good rock band? Oh. She goes with Bon Jovi. Yeah. That's quite funny. So wasted in this though, uh, Christopher Lee. I mean, he's hardly in it. It's not even considering he's like well, the main villain in his. Well, he's given a stupid plot as well. Like, why, why, why the fuck would he want? He wouldn't like want that? this. That's the thing. We're not bought that he would want it. At least with Silver, he just likes fucking shit up. I mean, very influenced by something like The Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he likes a bit of anarchy, so you can understand that. Like, it's and he wants to fuck M over. So you you sort of get it there. Whatever the flaws of it and the fact they drop it. I totally get why Silver is like doing that with those discs. Here, no idea. And it's just how like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just take over your company and that by shooting you. <laughs> Any explanation? Yeah. That's all you need to do is just like just 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 murder whoever that person is and you take over the company. Yeah. And then just say <laughs> and then and just and just say and just say to his like the employees, yeah, I'm in uh, charge. Is is the company Klingon or something? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Where's the Solex? I gave it to Goodnight. He hands it to Goodnight without telling her what it is, how important it is, or anything. She just, he just goes, look after this. 
It could be his cigarettes, for all she knows. And she's not even the most, like, reliable agent, is she? <laughs> Let's face it. No, I thought that was unfair to do that to the character, actually. It was very 70s Bond that they started putting women in, like, positions of power, but they were shit. Well, they were just, like, the usual tag-along Bond girl and, like, and then put in a position of peril. And it was, a, it was good enough reason to, to, for them to be, like, a female agent. It was, go, it was a good reason for them to be involved. Yeah. So in this, it's like agent of one. It's agent. I mean, she wasn't a great actress, but at least by the time of Anya, she was pretty good. It was only in the last twenty minutes they sort of tied her up and made her the you know ordinary mm-hmm. fucking damsel. She was actually quite a quality agent before that, but but she yeah. I think it's that I, I always think of the Roger Moore era as worse to women than the Sean one, and I'm sure that's not actually true. I think it's more that it's confused. I think it's more that they do get into positions of power or, or authority or influence. And just, and but just lazy. Shit. Just like, yeah, don't where, think about it. Like, oh, well, whereas, whereas, yeah, in, in the Sean era, we knew what they were. I don't know. Yeah, so do so you think maybe it was probably better back then? No, I don't, sure? I don't know. I don't know that would say that because there were more slaps and things like that. I'm I'm not sure about that yeah, either. Yeah, but if you take away if you take away those elements, which are probably more because they're in the book, really difficult to say. Really difficult to say because you watch from Russia with Love, and he talks to Tanya like a silly little girl. You know, yes, James, and all that nonsense. Uh, the the next film he pretty much seems to rape Pussy Galore. Domino is pretty, <laughs> Domino, Domino's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he fucks her straight, yeah, basically. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure it's better, but I just know that when I look at the Roger era, it just feels more patronising somehow. I don't know. And I do not believe for a second he would go on holiday to Thailand. Whether accidentally oh. ended up with some lady boy or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Wait a minute! Oh, I know you. Fuck no. Maybe you oh, got no. more wrong, Dave. Maybe he isn't as boosted as you think he is. He's just an idiot. Yeah. Plus, also, I know the public sector in the United States don't get paid that well. I can't imagine these sorts of holidays being. No, a... I would say they'd be quite expensive. Even they their, their idea of a holiday is like two counties over, isn't it? Especially with somebody, I can't imagine. I think it's a real surprise because I can't imagine anybody like him even travelling outside his bio, let alone his state, that's what, you know? I think that's what I mean, yeah. And I just, again, I don't know who was the production designer on this film, but I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It certainly doesn't feel very Ken Adam. Um, because on, at a concept level, you'd go, we've got this car, we're going to change it into a plane. And you think, that's a cool concept. I bet that's going to look amazing. And it really looks shit. I think probably back in the day, it did look incredible. So I bet it didn't. I bet nothing about this film looked incredible at time. They did that with um, with Live and Let Die on a car boat. <laughs> That's quite funny. Live and Let Man. Die is a better looking film than this, though. Definitely. They rushed the this. Live and Let Die opened big. Um, you know, like almost like in modern parlance, the opening weekend oh, was big. So they got this into production too fast and rushed it. Yeah. It was a bit That's too the much. problem. Production it's, designed by Peter Merton. 
Oh, right. The great uh, Peter Merton. Name means very little. Right. Probably working with Ernest Lou now, two legends together. <laughs> there we are. Let's have a look. Known for Stargate, Thunderball, Goldfinger, Golden Gun, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Oh, some good looking films. Fine Fury. King Kong Lives. Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. Superman That's... 3. John Landis. Superman 3 wasn't a particularly good looking film. Superman 4. just landed on Friday. And many more. They were almost trying to redo the formula of the last one because this is the boat chase, isn't it, really? It is pretty much. It is literally just trying to follow that. Yeah. Art Direction by Peter Lamont, who is very nice to talk to. Mm, yeah. Nice guy, supposedly, Peter Lamont. Shane Rimmer was there. I do regret not seeing him. Oh yeah, because your Thunderbirds and all that as well. He's responsible kind of for bad. two of the things you so have. I would, yeah, I would like to kind of speak to him about it, but I've kind of heard that he doesn't like to talk about it these days. What, so Thunderbirds, like, really? Uh, well, I, I may be wrong on that one. I was speaking to somebody else and they go, oh no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So I didn't, and plus he was quite busy, he was quite popular. So I thought every time I went to speak to him, I was, it was a line, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'll wait. But I, I saw him, hey ho, and you know, did a bit of a Q&A, so that was interesting. Um, but <clears throat> what are you going to do? But I can, I can die happy now. I can take time off my list. And I can say that I've done it. And that's it. <laughs> Draw a line underneath it. But, um, yeah, I, I see what you mean about the kind of the whole, like, wash like, of this film. It just gave it into kind of, like, sort of the golds and the tans. And it's kind of like, when, when I think of, when I think of the 70s, pretty. I tend to think of, uh, like, I, I'm sure I kind of remember, like, there's, there's this photo of, like, my dad on his 18th birthday. And, oh, God, this is a famous scene coming up. Um, and the wallpaper is not, too dissimilar to well, we know the, and it's just we like, know, oh my god. Yeah, but we know the styles and fashions are horrible. We know that. But what I mean is you look at the sixties film Scott stock and Rex restoration and so the beautiful yeah. it just it's just really pops, whereas this just looks drab. Yeah. And actually two films later, Moonraker looks it gorgeous. Looks again. So um as a use record, different film stock, I don't know. Could be, I don't know. Spy looks. Spy looks decent. Moonraker looks amazing. In the current restorations and sets. I think from um, Martin Order um, on the tracks of the list, and they recently found this location because it was one of the the, the the very last few that they hadn't been able to find. But I think now I'm recently surprised somebody... they couldn't find it. You think? Yeah, they, somebody has. You think it, it would be in production notes and stuff? No, apparently it wasn't. Um, okay. Unfortunately. Um, and so, but yeah, they've I mean, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect that bridge to be still there because they no, probably I don't think it is. they probably saw something in reality that gave them the idea, and then they would have built this like reinforced version of it because sure. that's not going to be as it that's not going to be just a naturally occurring. Like no. Yeah, I sure, I sure am, boy. Roger, you can't do accents, <laughs> would it? I don't. I don't think it was the point. Yeah. Oh, just, just think that's one of the. Th- Blessings of doing the commentary, you get to see that stuff about the stupid sound effects. And they've got this twat in the back there like that. I really <laughs> hate this character. Sweat, just sweating yeah, the place yeah, up. Look at him. I know. It's, just, it's like he reminds me of Benny Hill as well. He is a little bit Benny Hill, definitely. <laughs> and I'm one of those that never fucking found Benny Hill funny at all. Yeah. You could have watched that entire sequence with that theme tune, though. Yeah. I had that tune, yeah. 
I think um, Ernie, Ernie is quite funny, but yeah, I don't like all the sexism and sweaty jokes. Well, no, apparently, like, uh, that was a big thing with gangster rappers, they'd love Benny Hill. Like, people like Snoop Dogg, like, really, had a really? It's like he was like that in really? real life. He used to get the Hills Angels to wank him off and stuff like that. Horrible bloke by all accounts. Not all of them, but <laughs> there were some of them in that situation, apparently. Because what, what, um, what she called what she from Frasier was a Hills Angel at one point, Daphne. Really? Well, only that. Wow. So I'm not accusing her of that. Oh God, no, no, no. But apparently, yeah. He, he, but he, was, he pops uh, up in the Italian job, doesn't he? He was another. He's, it's the same same basic principle as when I used to look at Roger Moore. I just think like that guy is literally thinking about sex the whole time. Oh. And I, I feel that way about like Benny Hill. I've got a very sexual sense of humour, but it's like fucking. I do think about other things sometimes. Yeah, that's where you draw the line. Like for fuck's sake. I think it was it. just that kind of humour, wasn't it? Yeah, I just never found him that funny. I really didn't. I mean, of the of the sort of seventies British like comedians who kept getting series after series after series, like Dave Allen and the two Ronnies are the sort of only two I really love. Oh yeah, uh, Ronnie uh, Ronnie Barker was uh, I think he was a genius. Ronnie. Yeah, well, there was lots of wordplay in that, and that's time. Very clever, very clever. Um, and Dave Allen was an absolutely fantastic stand-up comedian. But even stuff like Morecambe and Wise hasn't dated very well, and they didn't write any of it either. It was all written for them. I think some, some aspects were quite funny, though. I mean, there's a kitchen scene where they're making breakfast, and it's all kind yeah, of time. Yeah, some of my tits. I, I mean, I it's time, Kev, Kev. I never found it funny, though. I found no. it clever, not funny. It was one of those yeah. things I'd look at and go, that's clever. And that's that it. doesn't make you laugh. laugh. Yeah, no. exactly. Whereas the two Ronnies are frequently laughed at. Yeah, definitely. They're both clever and funny. I think they're probably, well, that's the reason why they're the most enduring double act. Mm. I'm still going literally up until they both passed away. All of that was for no particular reason at all, that whole sequence. It's just so you could reveal the car boat. Uh, not the car boat. <laughs> I think it's just the, the poor script down there, isn't it? Just... No. It's a rush script, isn't it? They're, they're it just is. filling time. We just like, oh, I'll right, we'll come up with some um, set pieces. We got, do an right. action sequence there. Yeah. yeah. That looks terrible. That just looks awful. Chitty chitty bang bang. While you're acting there, look. With the eyebrow. You can't do that to me. Stop shouting, you prick. <laughs> Shut the hell up, GW. At least he never came back. Yeah, That's the worry. I mean, Guy Hamilton was attached to the spy who loved me to start with. Mm. He'd have, have been very prick. close. He would have brought this prick back again. He would have done. And made another really lazy fucking film. GW. We'll see it later in the sort of towards the end of this film. There's loads of really lazy sequences where you think, shoot that again for fuck's sake. Sony. Yes, only um, number one sponsor of this film. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen now, but that. Which is fine. Yeah, no, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? That's going to. What? So we're not going to have like Sony products in there? Well, they might do a deal with Sony. They might still do, but they're going to Universal uh, at the moment. Obviously, they? they're going which is to something Universal. nobody ever saw coming. Well, that was apparently eleventh hour. That was, uh, Warner's yeah. were in pole position right to the end. And then they went nope. So Universal had it instead. I hope they do a good job. Well, they're just distribution. It depends how much input they have. Well, exactly. This is it. Like, Certainly, the Bond series could be better promoted than it is. So let's see. They hold. They hold the um, 
there's some of the some anime titles, for example, and that is just absolutely shocking. They're just sat on some really classic titles. And it's like, when will you release them? Just like, so this is why um, I'm a little bit. When it comes, I'm not worried about that. They're not going to release them, are they? Well, no, but I'm still thinking. Hmm. So just because they're releasing, well, really, all they've got to do is they've got to do they've got to do deals in each country for basically what the the cinemas get, oh. and how many weeks, and sure, yeah, and what screens. It, it fundamentally it should not affect us at all. It'll be fine. And it's a one-film deal, so they're not going to have that much input. They'll be on their best behaviour. E- e- if Eon said we want, you know, they want to make that film for mediocrity, where it's just a bumhole farting for two hours, um, <laughs> Universal will say yes because they want a long-term <laughs> investment in this series. So they'll say they'll, they won't antagonise Eon. We'll have some of the same stuff we've had before, so there'll be Heineken deals, probably Bollinger or Moe or something like that. There'll be. You know, there'll be some of the, there'll be product placement. There always is, but um, it's just whether it'll be Sony. Possibly not this time. Don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if they do something with Apple or something like that. I I'm not quite sure how important the um, distributor is. I don't know. I know Sony. By the time of the leaks on the last one, we're having quite a lot of say, but I don't know that that's always the case. Even this looks drab, such a beautiful part of the world, and this actually made this look a bit shit. Mm-hmm. This all looks better in Tomorrow Never Dies. Goldeneye, even. Did they film some of Goldeneye, Danny? Well, no, just like the, the plane going over a jungle. No, well, no, that yeah, was, actually, filming in Thailand was from Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Idea. It, it was, it, yeah. It's a little bit, it's a drab day, and he's just gone go right ahead, whereas some directors wait for better weather and things like that. Yeah, it's just a little bit cloudy over Costa, I guess. It's very pretty. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Richard Lester with like the redo of Superman 2. They're at the Eiffel oh. Tower and it's raining, and it's like, no. You don't do it. Wait no. a bit. Oh, this is in uh, one of them, like, Bondi short uh, YouTube clips, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> it is. The, that guy looks like he's in drag. That's like, that's, that looks like a woman with a fake moustache. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does, unfortunately. It does. No, I believe him. Yeah, there's, there's a bit when he lands on the bay, uh, on, on the, on the, and then you see Scaramanga blasting a plane that's like on later. Oh, yeah, 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 as he lands, yeah. But it does make yeah, you think, no, why don't you just fucking do that anyway? I know. Oh, God. My favourite one is still the first one. Pierce Brosnan going, how long did you say the first one? <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> and it just blows up, but it, it cuts to, like, Skyfall, because you've yeah. got Duke Dench stood outside, and she just looks disappointed, doesn't she? In <laughs> context like, oh, of that, she just looks like she's going, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, bugger. <laughs> I just said, I... Guy Hamilton always looks a bit lazy in these later films. There was a fly on Roger's arm a second ago, and you think, do that again. And there's a lot of it towards the end of the film. He he runs off in good night. He stretches his hand out in good night. It's not there, and they don't correct that. Yeah, maybe, I mean, the Blu-ray had a lot to answer for, or the restoration. Yeah, hang on a minute. We used to watch it in cinemas on 35mm. That's higher resolution than Blu-ray. Sure. Blu-ray, you're only comparing it to watching it on TV or something. Bang. That's it. Explosion. Must be Nightmare calling in a pizza or something. 
shit, I want to get some milk, for fuck's sake. Bugger. I've run out of Lambert and Butler. <laughs> run out of Red Stripe. Because he's a classy guy. Sorry. This, this is how lazy he is. He shoots the top off this now. Velvet Villages gets fucking soaked, and I just think, like, do it again. Angle it a bit different. It just looks like... Or was it this shot? Yeah, it was just... I just feel like... Oh, fuck's sake. Now, they were on a bit of a rush time scale with this one, but it doesn't do Guy Hamilton any favours, this film, at all. Certainly the last half hour. There's a scene later on with uh, Nick Knack and Bond where it's so, really So he bad. brings them a drink they don't even fucking drink it. Mm. That's the one thing about Quantum of Solace. We actually do see Bond, like, fucking hammered. It's like... You know, <laughs> Like we do, we do see the logical outcome of all this drinking. And I'm sorry, that tweed jacket does not suit the the climate. I I would have thought. Where are we going, Thailand? Okay. <laughs> like Christopher Chris release dressing like kind of light sort of clothing, which I would have thought. Like cottons, nylons, yeah. Yeah, he's just like nope, full <laughs> winter wear. But you can see why only about five years before Lazenby's being told, look, Bond is so old fashioned. I mean, they were wrong, but you can see why. It's like, come on, look at this guy dressed up like it's fucking Sunday best all the time. You know what I mean? Mm. But of course, that was going into an era fashion for God. Because Bond in a suit now is fairly timeless, but back around this time, it was starting to look really old hat, I imagine. Well, I think it was at that time when it was going to be tested, isn't it? Because... I imagine suits weren't necessarily like the gold standard back then. I think probably in the seventies you had like a bit of a like the hippie revival, like a bit of a backlash, yeah. like wanting to break free from that counterculture. Yeah, um, yeah. So a nice neat side parting and all the rest of it would mm. have been kind of the way we look at Alan Partridge now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Whereas like this now a... it's kind of like actually it's it's lasted through the decade, so we kind of everyone a suits kind of like. A good baseline for everything. Absolutely, they copied this as a set later, didn't they? They copied this as a miniature to blow it up later, and it looked phenomenal. See, this looks like very similar to Doctor No. It does. I suppose there's a bit of Doctor No in the DNA of this film, anyway, isn't there? Mm. But again, the railings, on certain parts, why would there be no railings? I don't know. They got one guy controlling all that machinery. Hmm. That's yeah. how we can afford to live there by not opening. Yeah, they've got, they've got, they've got a shaft on it. Yeah, shafts on there, twiddling knobs are arbitrarily. Nice tall guy, wasn't he, Christopher Lee? He was. I don't so, think I've ever really realised he's taller than Roger Moore. Roger's quite tall, and then Roger's about six one and a half, six two, something like. That. So he must have been what six five. Getting that way, unless it's just the way they stood. Roger's just very far away. Yeah. Roger's in London and... <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher Lee's in uh, Plymouth and they're shooting this in Tor Point. So. <laughs> it was a very large set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what's Scaramanga's plan here? Like, he's got the big... Laser gun that's on an island that you can't, you know, you can't shoot. Uh, and he's bought a massive cheese grater there, look. <laughs> that is like a cheese grater. Or like one of those garlic crushers. 
So I think he's going to cook a really big pizza. Yeah, a really big omelette. Yeah. Well, it's something to do with the power of the sun or something, but it's never clear what he wants, what he's going to do with it. And at the end of the film, if you notice, there's really no danger. Actually, Roger and, like, Goodnight could have just fucked off and nothing would have happened. Nothing of any danger. I think it's something to do with, like, harnessing the power of the sun and then sending it to the bidder. Well, you can also sell it in boxes. Here, well, exactly. Have a, bo- here, a bit... have, have a box of the sun. It's like the, the sun is, you know, all powerful. Anyone can do it. Yeah, if I remember right, it was just basically sort of like usual company stuff. It's like, well, actually, what's actually legal about it? I mean, he has what's, like a, yeah, he has a high it? power laser, but how can he use so, that against well, any, anyone? Solar, harness, harnessing solar energy instead of all those fossil fuels. What an evil bastard! Yeah. Yeah, but like, no, but how how can you use it though? Like, dreadful. it's like okay, just don't go near the island. Fine. <laughs> Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> it is literally. Does look dreadful, but it's like, like when there's a, there's a roof on Wimbledon and somebody played the Thunderbirds theme music. Oh yes, that's classic. <laughs> yeah, but at least it looks like a real roof. <laughs> but it, it did. It was actually a real roof. Definitely. It's like it's kind of it's the opposite of quantum, isn't it? Obviously, he wants to shore up all the oil, all the oil, all the water, in such like a, a water poor zone but this is like yeah, the but obviously the sun is it's not like he's know. shutting off the real sun I mean well, it's, exactly. it's the quantum of solace he's got control of all the water and it's pay or you'll all fucking die exactly it's the opposite of that, that's of this, a way it? more dangerous plot it's a bit it's almost a bit too real world in some respects but like that that's a real world plot this is bollocks yeah, fantasy. yeah this is the James Bond dies thing they edit him pulling up in the plane and then straight to this, removing any shots of Roger Moore stood there. And they got the um the golden eye you are dead scene. As I say, the the funniest two are the what very similar. You've got um you've got the wolf whistle from the Living Daylights, where they actually dub it with the end of the wolf whistle. He says, "What mine's a wolf. Yours is a wolf whistle. You mean like?" And then he does the noise, <laughs> MI6 blows up. And then the first one, you've got the pen from yeah. Goldeneye. Clicks it three times, and then he clicks it three times, switch it off, hands it to Bond. Bond clicks it three times and says, "How long do you think say that fuse was?" And then he cuts to outside, MI6 blows up, and M's just stood there going like, "Oh, it's great." Thing is, he's going to have to replace everything there within a couple of years because it's going to be so desperately unfashionable within that time. Yeah, a bit dodgy. Yeah, Harry Saltzman looked at that and was disappointed. Tosser. He might be disappointed by the acting. No, he was disappointed when she turned up on set with that bill. I know. Nice salad with salmon mousse, by the looks of it. And red red wine, which is just odd. Yeah. Slightly reminiscent of a 34 mouton. (laughs) Hang about. Hang about. Does that mean Scaramanga's a Russian spy? (gasps) (laughs) Are are they eating fish? Well, then. I would say vegetables, should you not have (laughs) white wine? You know he's a wrong one when he had red wine with. The fish, yeah, he's a wrong one. He's a Russian agent. 
Well, actually, Red Wine with Salad doesn't go well. You know, you need something... Doesn't really go well yeah, at all, need, actually. You need rosé or, uh, or white wine. Uh, yeah, I would say if you're going to have any... have Like, if you're not going to have white, you can have rosé. So. I think rosé should all be incinerated. It's fucking gopping. Oh, I like rosé. Yeah, that's for people who don't... You don't like other wine, do you, very much? Um, no, rosé can be nice. Rosé Yeah, yeah, some, some rosé. I don't know rosé always, some rosé tends quite to nice. be liked by people who don't like wine. I like... I prefer, like... The only one I don't like is dry wine. I went to a holiday to Spain and had some not, not very nice um, red dry wine. And I just... I'm not a big fan of, like... That's why I don't like martini, because it's just... Ugh. You should, you, um, should per, you should persevere, because it's about to get so good, I promise. <laughs> but no, I prefer, like, if I'm going to go, I would probably drink, like, white wine. Um, obviously, because I don't eat Dry wine spritzer. Dry wine spritzer, that's it, literally. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, just, I'm not, I just don't like dry drink. I, I prefer a wanked off, not finger. When I've, when I've got... <laughs> only when there's egg some yolks. available. Yeah. Not the oh. yolks, I'm not a savage. Uh, not the yolks, um, egg whites even. <laughs> Yolk, you have more protein in there. <laughs> no, I just make a heavy cholesterol <laughs> omelette to go with it. <laughs> Oh, I like how he doesn't blank blank. I like how he doesn't blink. I like how he's seen. not. I like how he's not Martin Blank from Ghost Gross Point. <laughs> how he's not playing blankety blank. How he doesn't blank his blank, so he can blank his blank. Yeah. <laughs> out of the super match game right now would be great. <laughs> yeah, I meant blink, not blank. <laughs> Because I'm tired. Quick, put the camera on someone else. I need to fucking blink. <laughs> Super much game. Super much game. Super much game. Super much game. <laughs> oh dear. Now let's eat this, uh, this shit. <laughs> this is the shit that you prepared. And I'm not going to take off this ridiculously warm jacket because it's uh, my, sh- my sweat marks will show. Yes. Over 50 degrees outside? What the hell do you think I'm doing? The collars date this film terribly. God. Their collars are down to their fucking knees, look. They're massive, aren't they? <laughs> but they look so stylish. That, yeah, that, that was the same as these, like, big this, this, here, this shot here, this shot here is going on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Just him staring at her. That, that's what's going on the YouTube um, yeah. uh, version of this show. It's like, oh, see, it's, see, it's kind of, like, a bit pervy, but also mildly unimpressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, he's like, I would... And if I'm going to, I'm going to be fully cognizant of what I'm taking on, so I'm going to have a good look. Yeah. But I'm not that bothered. It's, it's almost like Henry Saltzman. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, kind of, but I'm disappointed. Kind of, but, oh, uh, yeah. Let's have a look at it. Well, I would recommend The Wicker Man. That scene yes. must, have, must have made an impression on me from The Wicker Man, because I can still remember the song she sings. It really sticks in your head. It's, it's eerie, especially when she's like, you see, it's beautiful like, though. She starts naked, banging on the door, singing, and it's uh, yeah. She's trying to tempt. She's trying to tempt him. Mm. Edward Woodward's like um, a virgin for like religious reasons. And he's he's Catholic as well, isn't he? Yeah, something yeah. like that. He's yeah. he's a virgin till he marries, sort of thing. And he's next door, and she's just trying to tempt him, and she's singing like the call of the sirens, effectively. Mm. Yeah. And he's she's banging on the wall, like in time with her singing. Yeah. And the song just sticks in your head because it's eerie, but it's kind of beautiful at the. Same yeah, time. it is really. Yeah, as you said, she is an it's, it's hypnotic, isn't it? It's really kind of, and and you see the anguish, yeah. and it, I think that's also what's kind of chilling about it. You see, like Edward Wood would just be because he's getting desperate. You know, he's really he's, like, what do I do? Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's and he's, there's there's a cut. Oh, 
and and she has taken people's virginities as well mm. because in the longer cut of the film which is about 15 minutes longer he's there an extra night effectively and she's like asked to like effectively like initiate some young teenager or something mm. so it, it is kind of what she does when you find out in that film virginity is kind of a bad thing to have on that island it's a great film i'm not going to say um... more about that. it's a great film I don't. I don't know if it's on the director's cut or the original or something, but she does actually say, "Oh, I, I, I called for you last night as well," or something like that. Um, I can't as well. Can't remember. But I haven't seen it for a while. The, 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 the director's cut um, has a load of like, effectively video quality grade footage in it because basically half of it was built, you know, buried under the M1 or something. A load of uh, Christopher Lee says that film was butchered. He was disgusted by it. Having said that. What you're left with is like an 84-minute film or something that is still really, really good. But, the Wicker uh, yeah, Man, for anyone the, who hasn't um, seen it. Yeah, the 1973 I, version, not the Nicolas Cage one. The Nicolas Cage version is terrible. Though it is kind of funny, if you want to see it. I don't have it's, a problem yeah, with films being You're... remade, so I'm not going to slate it. But you need to go and find the 1973 version with Edward Woodward, Britt Eklund and Christopher Lee. The, uh, the and and what what makes it beautifully tragic is it would have saved him had he gone to her. Yeah, had he gone to her, he'd have been all right. Yeah, it would have saved his life. But no, he was steadfastly devout to his religious beliefs. He was just like me. He was steadfastly devoutly not getting any. But okay. then, but then again, had he <laughs> known, he probably would. I would have thought that would have been like the signing factor, but obviously he wasn't aware of that. Well, of course he actually... would. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't aware at all. She was just tempting him. You'll get a phone call from Brit tomorrow. Hello, Dave. Magnificent film. Yeah, but I'm not a virgin. She doesn't want to well, no, but she might phone you up and go. Oh, and I love the bit there. Doing I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't... naked women jumping through fire and stuff. I, I, I don't like mean that. to be mean, but I don't and, think. And he says to him, Dave says something like. Oh, I think Dave's broken up. No, I no no, I didn't break up. I stopped because you were talking. Okay, sorry. That doesn't matter. I was just saying there was a bit in the film where they were jumping through fire, and he says to him, "They're jumping through fire naked." And Christopher Lee goes, "Well, it wouldn't be sensible to do it with clothes on." <laughs> it's, <just> really, <laughs> it's kind of dryly fun. It's dryly funny as well. He's he's Lord he's Lord Summer Isle in it. Best thing he ever did. It's um. This is me, the command. Are we going to talk all the way through um, about Golden Gun? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the soundtrack's eerily joyful, actually. Golden Gun. It's it is. That's true. It's really, really great. I can't recommend it highly enough. And if if you get an opportunity, watch it in a double bill with Don't Look Now. The Donald Sutherland, Julie Christie film. Oh yeah, that's a fascinating. They were made separately. They were made by different people, but in the early seventies, they started being like toured together as a double bill, like Roadshow. And Don't Look Now was always the second half of the double bill. So I strongly recommend watching the nineteen seventy three version of The Wicker Man, and then the nineteen seventy three film Don't Look Now with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Watch them together with maybe a ten minute break between the two of them. Absolutely brilliant, both of them. And they both kind of—they're very different films, but they make you feel the same way. I recommend the story of um, Dalek now as well. Terrifying. Yeah. 
Daphne to Moria. Yes, classic. Also, also, obviously, the birds and many other classic stories. Yeah, and then they were these feckin' birds! <laughs> That's the direct quote from her work. <laughs> from Father Ted. <laughs> feckin' birds. Feckin' birds! Now, why is he stood on the set of Star Trek, look? You imagine Shatner, <laughs> Shatner should well, be holding... Do you remember that shot of, like... Shatner holding that big rock penis that went out as a meme. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Either that or Doctor Who. Especially with like the you know ninety fifties gangsters. It's like it, you know when you go to that like, gangster planet or something. A piece, like of, that. A piece of the action, yeah. Yeah, a piece yeah. of the action. Great, great episode. Are they still on Netflix? Uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I might have to go back and watch them all again. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you watch in the original series because it's absolutely amazing in places, but like maybe a third of it's dreck. Oh, he's moved. Uh, oh, yes. that was it. Okay. There's well, you. Yeah, there's you. Oh, he's got some ketchup. No, somewhere it. there is a naked mannequin of Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do that. That mannequin, yeah, at the beginning, I would do that. Anatomically correct. Missing. I never see that anatomically correct mannequin. Be able to guess at the size of his penis. We have one at work that's nearly correct. Ouch. That looked painful. That looked quite painful. He'll come out as the Joker I, in a minute. Yeah, absolute zero doesn't fucking exist anywhere. It's theoretical. Minus 271 or something. Absolute <laughs> zero is like Kelvin, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they didn't do any scientific research. Absolute zero must be maintained. Absolute. Prevent prompt criticality. What they, mean, what they mean is zero degrees C, probably. Yeah. They didn't think of that when they painted that sign. Never thought about that before. The science of Bond. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense anyway. Absolute zero. What the fuck does that even mean? Absolute, Absolute zero is zero Kelvin. You need to look it up. It's minus 271 oh, degrees. It, there's no, there's literally no energy at that temperature at all. I, I don't know if it exists anywhere in space, but it's like theoretical on Earth. See, I don't buy that. I'll give things a bit more of a pass because it's just a fun Bond film. But when they put something in that makes no sense at all, I've got very, very little um, respect or time for, oh, forget it, it's a Bond film. It's like, well, it's still a fucking script. Yeah. It's still like, that doesn't make sense, let's write it correctly. I, I don't have a lot of time for that argument at all because I just think it, it gives it gives writers a pass to do subpar work. Yeah. Just go with it's only a Bond film. Well, what does that fucking mean? I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It depends on how much... I, th I think a film has to earn its right to go like, yeah, okay. Or if it's like a minor thing, you just go like, oh, well, it doesn't affect it that great everything, deal. Everything's got a plot hole in it somewhere. Yeah. Everything. So it's not that I expect perfection, but there are sometimes things. We, we, we got it with Goldeneye, we've had it tonight, where you just go, that makes no sense. And... and you know, I'm only joking. I mean, Becca, I feel like I don't mean it nasty. But when, Becca, but when Becca says like, "Well, never mind," it's a Bond film. It's like, no, sorry, no. I think I, I think that was my entire problem with Skyfall. Was like, yeah. it was like, it seems to be yeah, the whole thing's all quality, but the whole thing was just like, oh, it's a Bond film, so it doesn't matter if it makes sense. Well, yeah. it, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. 
that doesn't mean picking on every tiny thing, obviously. No. But, but I mean, the whole point of like, what's Scaramanga want here? What's it for? There's no point to any of that. And and I'm afraid it's a Bond film doesn't wash. It, it's it's very poor. And and the fact that Bond's, my, my, yeah, in, my kind of Bond's in peril because. Have... Sorry, Becca, go on. No, actually, my kind of my point was really, but you know, it's all fantasy, and you have to take it with a pinch of salt, and you know, you can't really take it that seriously. That's, you're not, that's in, you're not that's entirely. You're not entirely wrong, Becca, at all. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying you are entirely wrong. At the same time, but, that's but there the are times outdoors. in films where you just think that is fundamentally badly structured, yeah. and then you go, "Well, it's a Bond film," and it's like that no. doesn't quite wash. I'm afraid. I mean, this is bookended by two better films. I'm not the biggest fan of The Spy Who Loved Me, but like. Both that and Living Let Die are markedly better films than this. Push all the buttons with your bum. Good night. Yeah, that's actually not a bad effect. That does actually. The miniatures aren't so good, but the um the the ray in front of him looks kind of. Yeah, realistic. that's pretty cool. But the film should have ended now. The whole thing with Scaramanga. What? Who gives a shit about this stuff? Yeah, so that like, it's kind of like an afterthought, really. Yeah. Push that button with your bum. Well done. Yeah. Boy. I suppose that answers the question of why he landed with some cloud in the sky. Well, exactly. Yeah. You planned it well. Phew. What is weather in five years? Oh my god. What here today? Yeah, it's really. It is. I, I imagine to some of our listeners in warmer parts of the world, this would be nothing. But to us, where it was freezing cold a couple of months ago. Having the mercury hit thirty degrees. Bloody hell, that's quite warm. It's too hot for us, yeah, it is. Yeah, especially because we were dealing with the beasts from the east in March. Well, the thing so. is, yeah, when it gets into, like, the 90s in sort of North American parlance, we really struggle, whereas some people, you know... And the other thing is our workplaces aren't set up to deal with it. Our homes aren't we, set up to deal with it. Well, yeah, we, don't, we, don't, we haven't got air conditioning. We're, we're, no. we're used to it being cold, so we've got, like, radiators. We've got gas central heating. So, basically, we crack a fucking window open, and that's the best we can do. Way too hot. Get a really fan or the the aircon that we do have yeah. in some places, it, just, it doesn't compare to the aircon no, in, in the states. No, it doesn't. But even even outside, we all struggle in temperatures. A lot of people wouldn't because we just don't get it. There, he went to reach for her hand, and she wasn't there. And it's like no. well, nothing was blowing up from that angle. The explosions from this, so Probably they could have reshot it, but the director's too fucking lazy. <laughs> Maybe they ran out of money. We don't know. Just could be asked. Yeah, seven million budget. Now admit it. Now. Thunderball was made for more than that, so they were starting to get a bit cheap by this stage. Spy was where they started ramping it up. And then Moonraker, they really turned the taps up. But all well, this you have stuff to top like... the next one. Yeah. Thing is, I in space. I would never argue it's better, but I, I think I actually enjoy Moonraker more than Spy. Hmm. It's not better because it's got none of the sort of like flourishes and it doesn't have that amazing pre-title. It doesn't have as good a song. You know, there's lots to it that like Spies got. It's got all the touchstones, but Moonraker like consistently entertains me more. I think Drax is probably a big part of that as well. Drax is a huge part of it because I think Spies mm, is quite a poor villain. Drax is great, isn't he? Mm. He has all the great villain lines. I didn't like him as a kid. Yeah, because he's a bit dry, isn't he? A bit too dry. That's what it he is. is. It is a bit dry. Off, comes off it, as boring it, when you're a kid. He's kind of, he's not, well, say he's French, but like he doesn't have any sort of physical disabilities. Or, no, I'm just not, not, not that it's like a thing to have, but like if you look at 
majority of Bond villains. When you were a kid, he looks like the foreign. They've got some some physical attribute that is. Well, not only that, because they put him in a coat which is very reminiscent of the Nehru. I don't know if it is a Nehru, but it looks like one. It looks like a Nehru jacket. Um, he looks like a lazy copy of what's come before. Mm. And and actually, as you get older and listen to him, it's like, no, actually, you're really good. And even though I love for your eyes only, for eyes for your eyes only doesn't have an iconic villain. And I don't well, think that's, op- that's more of a twist. It makes you think, doesn't it? And Octopussy, I like Louis Jordan, but it doesn't really either. So you think there probably hadn't been a great, really great villain for a while, and wasn't for a while afterwards. I think Louis Jordan he's a bit underused, considering like Christopher Lee, he used to play Dracula. Yeah. Uh, again, he's under, underused. He does have some great silky villain lines, as Tony Black says, but just not enough of them. No, I mean, the, the, the problem with this is like. He's a bit of a leftover, but he isn't really a, a, a huge threat. So you kind of don't no. care. It's just kind of like, a, oh, okay. And they're not consistent either, because it's like, well, what does he want? Well, you know, is he? I think he does love Scaramanga, actually. I think it's just more a, if you do die, the big plus is I get this. Mm. And I'm happy to keep you sharp by giving you real challenges. Well, yeah, just sure. blowing the but, place up. But this this is really lazy because he ends up like smacking him on the bum, and this bit in a minute where he goes <laughs> over to, where it, that's crap, and then he goes over to the bottles. So he comes out of there and smacks him on the bum. You think we'll come out a different way and fucking Get stab him? Um, and then he goes over to the bottles in a minute, and they're obviously like there, like what's that? Just pushing him on the bum. <laughs> you could have fucking stabbed him in the spine. But he goes <laughs> over to these bottles now, and they're already leaking. They're already leaking because they're sugar glass. Yeah. And it's just like, you will have got some spares. Do it again. And that's why I I look at Guy Hamilton as fundamentally quite a lazy director because Diamonds was really lazy as well. Yeah, it's like if you can see it in here at the first take, it's okay. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not the biggest lover of the Lewis Gilbert films, but they never felt lazy like this. Bit John Davis, maybe. They had uh, better lines as well. But then that's Tom Bankowitz. Oh God! <laughs> I don't. I don't see the point of this, and I can't imagine Sean doing this. Look! Look I'll at the mess put... of that place. All that broken glass. I know. Really, he should be doing her over the back of there now, shouldn't he? It's all glass <laughs> he in our room. He just the film finishes with him, the boat going off and him just hanging out the back. <laughs> you didn't. What, drown him? I did, I fucked him. I mean, uh, no, I... uh... (laughs) What, are you down there, love, I said? Perfect height. (laughs) Now, where were we? Well, I was just stroking you here, and you were... (laughs) You know, (laughs) I just leave for... It would be funny if he just, like, locked with a cupboard and just fucked me in the house. Sorry, midnight tuticles. <laughs> I, I, I need to pump in for more information. Me. He delighted me with a wonderful aperitif. <laughs> oh, no, this is Batman. You, you picked up the wrong phone. Good night. Good night, sir. Hold on, sir. She's just coming. <laughs> it would be odd if all the Bond films felt like this now. It feels like it would feel odd if they did. We haven't had one end like this since the line of the day. 
Yeah. No, it would be a bit weird. I think it would be very, very unbecoming of um, Craig's era. It hasn't ruined it, and it isn't political correctness per se, because he still fucks around quite a lot. It's just they'd end a bit less cheesily. Why did it say M? That's a bit weird. Who says M? Well, on, on the phone, there's a letter M or W, depending on which way you look at it. Oh, I don't know. Never noticed that. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, firstly, the, the Spectre did end that way, but it wasn't with a sex scene. It was a, uh, but <laughs> giving him a little handy as he drives off, <laughs> and then you, then you see the car at the end of the road just swerving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see a head like go... head go towards the lap, <laughs> and then the car heads down the road and it just swerves off the road, and you just hear oh. <laughs> <laughs> all the time, yeah. the well, not before I finished. Yeah. Uh, the American Thrill Show. Yeah, that was, I'd like to go and see the American Thrill Show. That was good fun. You don't often see a freeze frame anymore, do you? That's not cool. The golf gun was made by a lighter company, look. They were, pretty good Yeah, that's cool. In England, do you know, don't you know? Yeah. Good Night was in the books. I don't think good... I'm not sure Good Head was, but a good night <laughs> Didn't she take over as secretary or something like that? Because it's Lelia Ponsonby or something, and I'm sure yeah. it comes along at some point. Well, yeah, that's who Good Night was meant to be, and obviously we had Lil. Yeah. I always used to read it. I misread it. I always thought it was Loella Ponsonby, but it's actually Lelia when you look at it. Well, I wasn't quite sure, because I was, I was speaking to somebody from Daily and, and he pronounced it Loelia, and I was like, have I been reading it? Because I always read it as Lelia as well. Yeah, but I used to misread it totally. I thought it was Loella. Oh. <laughs> I, misread it. I just misread it totally. But oh. there you go. So if you oh. know how to pronounce her name, send us an email. It's like to talk send send us an email. You pronounce it like this and you just write her name. That's going to be <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> It's like, how do you how do you pronounce niece biscuits? I'm, I'm sure it's niece, but my wife says it's niece. Or <laughs> well, my husband says it's niece. Yes. Yes, I think it's well, N-I-C-E. But she says it's I-C-E. Which one's right? Yes. That's really funny. That makes me laugh. Question though, because there's there's only one type of biscuit that exists. Bourbon. Bourbons. Is it nice? Is it nice or is it nice? Is it bourbon? Mind you, Becca managed to pronounce that bourbons on the first. I was thinking of the drink. I was thinking of the drink. I think when we get our Twitter back, we should we should constantly have our birthday as the as the day bourbons were invented. The first time a bourbon biscuits were introduced to the world, that should be our birth date. I'm looking it up. Yeah, bourbon it? biscuits. I doubt there's an exact date, and there could be. Who, who are they invented by? McFitties. I don't know. When were. Bourbon biscuit is a sandwich style. Bit introduced in 1910. Oh, the name Criola. Oh, but does oh. it say when in 1910? Well, we are guaranteed to be more than 13 years old. Well, we thrilled our listener base with that. That <laughs> bit of fact, Morgan Biscuit. Anyway, that's it for Bond for a while. And uh, we did our usual not talk about the film that much. I hope we talked about it enough. But I think we talked about it as much as we could bear, to be honest. If you want to hear us talk about it more, please listen to us on our Wicker Man <laughs> Stay tuned when we do a a Wicker Man episode. I mean, we could do a a, a Wicker Man episode at some Ah, point. Good opportunity opportunity to plug the um, Patreon. The Patreon, yes. 
Oh, yeah. we're doing Patreon now? Yes, we're doing Patreon. Yeah. We haven't worked out, we're gonna we haven't worked out the terms. <laughs> we haven't worked out the terms. <laughs> we're going to patronise We are going like, to offer shows, commission shows, basically. You can basically bid, pay something. We don't know how much yet. Yeah, offer, offer your solution how much you'd be happy with. At the moment, yeah, at the moment it says like $10 or something. We're not doing a show for $10. That takes a piss. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we've got a general where you can throw in, like, what, like... A dollar, three dollars, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, we'd be happy with that as a as a donation. That would be terrific. Um, I would not not yeah. that level of donation, but we wouldn't do a commission show for three dollars or ten dollars. No, um, um, I, I was thinking maybe more. I mean, what 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 you reckon? Maybe for, like five. If you want, like, uh, like an actual episode of a particular film. Oh, for an episode of a particular film, it'd be much higher. The the the, the um. The commentaries we did, the commentaries we did for charity were a lot higher than that. In dollar terms, they'd be close to like eighty or something like that. Well, somebody kindly donated fifty, wasn't it? Uh, we did them for charity. Now, yeah, um, I, think the, charity I think with the, I think with the Patreon, we, we'd probably split some. We'd keep some. We would keep some because you're kind enough to donate, and we do like buy things and do things. But uh, I think if it's a charity one and we advertise it as a charity one, it all goes to charity. And in fact, when we've done those. The person who's bought them has paid direct to charity and shown us proof, so yeah. no money no money comes to us that way, and that's just the way we wanted it. Not that we aren't trusted, but no one can ever say what did you do with that money then because we never saw it. I think if you were sending us money directly, the whole point is that you you are giving us a gift of that money, so we would keep it and do something with it. But I think if we end up getting large sums of money to do shows. Um, there's nothing to stop us giving a, a portion of it to charity. We haven't figured it out. It's the bottom line. I mean, I'm, I'm not figured out how Patreon actually works. I mean, can you just like go on and, and give us anything you want? I don't know. Or is it like always set up at a certain time? I, I think it, I think you subscribe effectively. I think you can subscribe through Patreon. Now, the thing with Patreon then becomes, what do we give subscribers? Hmm. So if you subscribe $5 a month or $3 a month or whatever you decided to do, there's got to be, that's lovely but we've got to figure out some premium for you doing that. And I don't, I haven't worked out what that is yet. I don't know if that's early access. So Chris puts the show live to Patreon listeners on a Friday. I don't know. I haven't really figured it out yet. And Chris hasn't figured it out. I thought maybe if someone, if, if they give like someone's give generally like a a decent amount, they might do like a special show where we invite them on, on and then we can, have like not just necessarily like have them yeah. on and a regular show, but have a ju- show where we. I think that's the. I think that, I think what we want to make get clear to hang out with us almost. Kind where of, we kind of where we've got where we've got um, a series, it, the series will either be the three of us or the four of us if it's a Charlie one, and that's it. That's non-negotiable. You can't buy yourself onto yeah. like a Captain America film because there won't be any guests on that. That's no, the no. three of us. We're not messing with our format. No. But, no, no. With the charity shows, for example, a guy really wanted us to do Police Academy, so we did. And and then the same person wanted us to do Coming to America, so we did. So we're always open to things like that. And as a one-off, we could do something you would you might commission. But I think in that case, we need to figure out the amount. We also need to figure out what, because it's pointless saying to us, I don't know, for example, it would be pointless saying to us, um, I'd really like you to cover Fast Five. Well, we'll cover Fast and Furious one day. Mm. So you're either going to have to find a series we're very unlikely to do, in which case, like, a long-running comedy series. or Certain horror ones would be an example, because we're not going to do a lot of horror, I don't think. Um, or it might just be something where there's a commentary that we would not have done. 
So it's pointless asking for a Bond commentary. We'll do all of them at some point. Um, but you may have, you may really want us to do a commentary on Star Trek, whatever one we didn't do, six or whatever one we didn't do, you know, for example. So if it's a series that's long finished, you can ask for something from that. If it's a comedy show, or if it's your favourite film, or if it's non-franchise. Yeah, I mean, that, that's might, the thing. If, like, just to just pick, oh, you know what? It's not a well, proper franchise, but I really love to hear you do a well, show let, on that. Let, let's pick an let's pick an example. Um, you might want us to do L.A. Confidential. Yeah. L.A. Confidential is not part of a franchise, nor does it fall into a series. Had Martin Scorsese made that film, then we might have said, well, that will go in with his other films like, you know, Raging Bull or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's not. It's a Curtis Hansen film. I don't think there'll be a Curtis Hansen series. Therefore, if you really wanted that to be done... Who, I don't who, think... who, who, is the, who is the writer, though, who did, like, who's, who keeps getting adapted? It's... Um... Elmore oh, Leonard. Isn't it Elmore uh, Leonard? El, El, Elmore Leonard. Leonard. He, didn't, he didn't write L.A. Confidential. Though. But, but Elmore Leonard, we're unlikely to do an Elmore Leonard series, so you might want us to do Get Shorty. These are just examples, but there are loads of films. The Usual Suspects. We're not going to do a Brian Singer series. We might do The X-Men. Well, fact, so we can't do already the X-Men. <laughs> but we won't do, like... Yeah, but we're unlikely to do Valkyrie and... Whatever, people. And yeah. that sort of stuff. We're not likely to... So, you know, if you've got a favourite film, for example, that's just non-franchise, which, funnily enough, most people's absolute favourite film is non-franchise. Um, there are loads of examples mm. where that isn't the case, but an awful lot of people, their favourite film is L.A. Confidential or, you know, the same year, I'm not the biggest fan, but Titanic or something like that. You know, if you want something like that, uh, your best bet is to ask for something non-franchise or to ask for a, co- a series we'll never do. And you can always ask us, tweet us before you you put in your request or something where we finished the series and we didn't cover a commentary you might want to be done. And in that case, I think most of the time you're looking to buy us to do the show. But we are open to suggestions on like big enough that we get a guest. I think, yeah, I think generally for that, maybe if you like just like maybe five dollars or five dollars to do a show strikes me as a little low. Okay. It does, because there's three of us, and all our time, and the prep, and possibly getting hold of the films as well. We'll figure it out offline, yeah. but fr- frankly, the commentary films, I was never going to reveal this, because it wasn't fair to the person who um, donated, but in dollars, the common, the charity films were very close to three-figure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. In dollars, they were very close to three-figure. So, regular regular people who want to like sign up and pay us something monthly like you might with the slash filmcast or something that's different and we need to figure out what the content might be or what access we could give you or or what we could do for you in terms of one-off shows i think you're probably looking at a bigger should, donation should we do the like as a, as as a, a, like its own patreon feed possibly we'll figure that all out offline but we just wanted to let you know it was there but we're, it, we're, we're happy for it to be a dialogue because we haven't st- done this before so what would you what would you pay for what would you expect what would you expect for it what what, what do you expect it to pay us Re- realistically <laughs> realistically if you did want us to do a podcast on your favorite film what would you pay for it yeah you know because the consensus might come back, well, I wouldn't go any higher than £25 or $25 or whatever, and then we take it on board and think about it. The charity ones were different because they all go to charity, and I just, I'm not yeah. going to do that cheap. For us, we're not looking to make a lot of money, so we probably would do it a bit cheaper. Yeah. But it is still like... I mean, yeah, we, we, we do, we do we the show as, uh, as normal anyway. 
But yeah. it's just in case you want to throw us like a buck or two each month or whatever, or if you want something more specifically done, you know. I think the thing I would think of when you think about what you would pay us is, on the one hand, we don't need a massive amount because we're not looking to get rich out of this. But on the other hand, it can't interrupt our schedule. Yeah. So if we're doing Iron Man one week and The Incredible Hulk the next week, if someone says, do LA Confidential when he has a load of money, that's in addition to. We're not going to keep all our listeners waiting just to do this one off. Yeah. So you're paying for like another two to three hours of our time to record, at least the same again for me to edit, probably about twice as long to edit. Then we've got to physically get hold of the film. Frankly, we'll probably torrent it, but that's not always possible. Sometimes you do have to buy a cheap copy or rent it or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like like rent it off. uh, Yeah, so you're looking you're looking at rental and our time. So you're looking at three of us renting it at at least two fifty each, and then you're looking at like three to six hours of our time each. Mm. So what would you pay for that? Have a think about it. Let us know. Tweet us. Talk to us. Uh, when you when we say tweet us, don't tweet us. I expect us to talk at the moment because that's down. We'll hope it will be up not long after you hear this. Um, in terms of social media, you can get me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Probably find... best to speak to me there for at the moment. Yeah, you can find find me at Cinematronics on Twitter. Uh, you can find uh, all the podcasts and all the old episodes at Cinematronics Code UK. And if you do want to uh, throw us a buck or two, you can just go on. Patreon, do you expect us to talk? If you just Google that, you'll find it. It's, I think it's a uh, Patreon expect us to talk. I think, but yeah, if you Google that, you should find it. Becca, where can we find you apart from expect us to talk? Because obviously, that's not up at the minute. No, if you really do want to tweet to me, I am at r underscore view movies. Bit weird. I might change that at some point. Um, yeah, but you haven't in three but years. I haven't, so it'll be there forevermore. Um, and obviously, you can email us, expect us to talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on um, on Facebook. We're still on Facebook. They haven't cancelled us there yet. Um, also That's on YouTube. Facebook.com well. forward slash expect us to talk. talk yep. And um, YouTube is the same. If you, if you type in the search bar, do you expect us to talk? Also, the same place on iTunes. If you go on iTunes and type in do you expect us to talk, you'll find us in there. And don't forget to give us a five star review. Pretty please. And make it a good review. Thank you. Just because yeah. we are great and stuff. So, talking of shit, we throw out for free. Moving on to another series. And I'm really excited about this. I've started prepping already. Becca, what does that mean? It means... Do you expect talk will return with the Marvel series, starting with Iron Man. <laughs>